Candle Coven. I'm Elena. And I'm Jocelyn from Bijou Candles. And, and this, this is, is the, the Candle, Candle Coven, Coven Podcast. Podcast. Let's light some candles, get cozy, and talk at it. So it's been a couple of weeks that we have not put out a podcast, but that's because we were getting ready to and have now since launched the Dynamos collection, uh-huh. which for those who have seen it is our Mamma Mia inspired collection with Donna, Tanya and Rosie, the Dynamos. Yeah. Dynamos, dynamite, <laughs> sleep all day and whoop all, all night. <laughs> Actually, you know what? I think it's appropriate. I'm just going to talk about the candle of the day right up at the top. Let's do it. Because they're the candles of, honestly, the year. Yeah. Because they're so good. So basically, this collection is inspired by Mamma Mia, Mamma Mia 2, ABBA, the stage show, and Greece. Greece The Mediterranean and all the sense of Greece and the Mediterranean. So I'm going to talk a little bit about these new candles. So the first one is Donna, sea salt and pink sand. And the concept behind this is like a really good beachy candle. Cause when I think about Donna, especially like in Mamma Mia 2, when we get to see her as like a younger character. Yeah. She's just like a beach goddess. She really, her hair is so good. The ha- it's really all about that beach hair. Yeah. So I'm going to read you to uh, read to you the description of Donna. Salty waves kiss warm pink sands. An ocean breeze mingles with lavender and pedigree. A crown of soft white florals fit for a dancing queen. (laughs) (laughs) And it really is like the best beachy candle. It really is. It's like that nostalgic, like sunscreeny. Right. With saltiness. It has like a little nice salty, really beautiful, like creamy florals, which is like kind of that like nice sunscreen smell. Yeah, it smells like a beach day. (laughs) It's so good. Okay, so the next one is Rosy, Philo, and Rose Honey. And this is inspired by the quote um, where she literally goes, I have, uh, they have baklava. (laughs) And also I am beginning to think my soulmate may actually be carbs, which I mentioned in the description, which I'm going to do right now. Toasted pistachio, vanilla, and spice are layered with buttery phyllo, a drizzle of rose-scented honey, honey, (laughs) swirled with jasmine and sweet orange will have you saying, I'm beginning to think my soulmate may actually be carbs. Baklava. Baklava. And this one smells like, you know, the kind of honey that has like a lot of floral notes because those bees are just like bumping on some like real good flowers. Yeah. It's like a rose scented honey and not like a your traditional kind of stale rose. You know, it's nice. It can uh-huh. be like that potpourri. It's really way more like petally fresh. Yeah. And it's like golden amber honey. Like like, like if you were to get the honey straight from the beef. Straight from the beef. And <laughs> then there's like the buttery phyllo note. Mm-hmm. And it just I can smell it from like across the room. It smells right so now. good. These are really potent. They smell so nice yeah. in the best way. And then finally, but not least, Tanya, Aegean lemon zest. Which is kind of like the Grecian lemon groves. Mm -hmm. Like you're with a basket full of lemons and they're glistening in the sun. And it's just like so fresh and like you've got like a wide brimmed hat on. And maybe you're sipping a cocktail. 
Maybe. You definitely are. Let me read this one. A flirtatious zest of lemon with her best friends, bergamot and tea tree, an unsuspecting glance of balsam and cypress, an alluring base of rosewood and cedar. Lay all your love on me. Lay all your love on me. Um, yeah, so definitely if you haven't got them, go grab them. They are banging delightful yeah they're so good these are the scents of the summer that you've been waiting for yeah the feel-good scents of the summer love that couldn't have said it better myself (laughs) we've also just been like watching mamma mia over and over again it's like we were already we were already watching mamma mia over and over again but then like to get ourselves even more hype and amped up we've been watching it so much more and it's all it all we do is sing abba like can you believe that they were able to make a sequel to it, like Mamma Mia yeah. without Meryl Streep. Uh, yeah. And like it's better. Like she's still <laughs> in it. Yeah, but like, but like she, it's, you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Like she's dead. I know. Like, that could really, that's alert. like a, well, I mean, <laughs> spoil it spoiled it for me. I was it's like, a very sad setup. It's a sad setup with a great payoff. And as a being better, it's the best. And if you guys haven't seen them, please watch them. It's just pure serotonin. Mm-hmm. In a movie, and I'm actually doing ABBA and Mamma Mia, sort of the whole phenomenon as my deep dive today. We'll get to that. We'll get to that later on, and I'll tell you a lot about how it's been received and how beloved it is. Uh So we're going to get into that. But first, we have to get to like some pressing matters. Yeah, I think we're going to maybe try to record like maybe a a dummy thick episode. Yeah. Just because we've been... off for the last yeah, two weeks, so I basically. feel like there's a lot of stuff that's you know accumulated as far as what have we been watching, what have we been doing, yeah. and um, I definitely want to get into it. What kind of like existential crisis? Well, as you know, my my existential crises are usually space based, space based, space based crises. Um, because I just think the the way that I understand my human form the best is when I think about like how small I am in comparison to the universe. Yeah. And like outer space and stuff. Like you just like like to not matter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like maybe other people that like suffer from anxiety also might like when you realize how little control you actually have over things, that's like very freeing. Mm-hmm. Like if you have some sort of control over it like for me personally i get really anxious because i feel like i have to then feel responsible yes i won't be held responsible (laughs) i'm up in outer space space. (laughs) (laughs) but like i yeah so like i used to love things like roller coasters when i was little because like i kind of had no control over it so i could like let go uh does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So, like, at some point, I realize I know when to hold them and when to fold them with my anxiety. And oh. like, that's the thing that's so annoying about that's a life hack. My anxiety is that, and I don't know if this is my anxiety convincing me this, but it's stuff that I truly believe I have control over, <laughs> like, like other people's behavior. No, not like other people's behavior, but like I guess how I react to it and how well, that you do have control over. Yes, but like sometimes there's just things where it's like. Okay, maybe if I plan better, then I can see that this might like it's like risk assessment. Uh I have to be able to assess everything so that I can be prepared for all outcomes. And that's just so exhausting. Yeah, but you're good at it. 
I yeah, because I've had like thirty five years to practice. Yeah, at there are it. people that like have no idea what they're doing. But are they are they fine about it? Because like maybe that's cool. Like blissfully ignorant. Yeah, like maybe it's just like whatever happens happens, and like that's kind of the case. Yeah, but then I don't know. I feel like it but it ends up biting them in the ass at some point. It depends if you care or not. Like okay, here's wait, here's a space fact that helped me to let go a little bit of okay. just caring. Okay. Space facts. <laughs> Bijou. Space, space, space facts. Pew, pew, pew. <laughs> Just the facts. <laughs> okay, so the Milky Way and the Andromeda galaxies uh-huh. are expected to crash into each other in just about four and a half billion years. I know mm-hmm. that seems like that's far away, Does but it? to me, what's the point? Yeah. If everything is just going to explode, I can't. Why do anything? I get I, that's like that's my thing. It's like I I have to be efficient and I don't want to waste my time. I mean, if the threat <laughs> of like a of a galaxial nice crash nice is looming upon us. Please welcome to the stage galaxial <laughs> crash. <laughs> um, yeah, may as well just like tap out now. Right. Like I can't have kids. I, oh, yeah. No, I can't do it. I mean, the. The galaxies are gonna. They're gonna crash. My great great great. What am I gonna tell my grandchildren? Grandchildren, I will be spinning in my grave. I can't. No. Um. But yeah, I just. You're not gonna get cremated and thrown out into outer space. At this point, is that an option? Is that an option? Let me call up Jeff Bezos. He's going up there. Jeffrey Bezos. For some reason. Okay. Can we talk also? Like, why do people say Bezos? It's Bezos. It's Bezos. Right. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I think it's like very common knowledge that it's Bezos. You know what? Who fucking cares? Say his name wrong. Yeah, like honestly, let's just like say his name wrong. Let's call him Beep Boop. I feel like that's like a micro. Beep Boop. I feel like that like gets their ego a little bit. Let's just start calling these people like mispronouncing their names. Jason Bezos. Just to cut it, they're like rich white guy privilege. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What's his name? Like John Beasy? Yeah, John Beasy. Yeah. Fuck that guy. Oh, yeah, exactly. Big time. But yeah, I mean, what? And it, you know what? Here's a note to Jeppy B Beeps. <laughs> um, why hold hoarding all that money when the. We're going to collide with the Andromeda galaxies. Like maybe like yeah, spread it he, around. He literally is so anxious, probably anxious or I don't even know what he suffers Sick from. Sick in the head. Sick in the head. That he's like, I'm going to actually just like drive our galaxy somehow. Oh, OK. And drive it away from. When he's immortal. Yeah. I mean, really? Yeah. He's trying to control the, the strings of the universe. Get bent, Bezos. Right? I can't. Why would you he's even like want to be immortal? Like, why would you want that? I don't get I that. I know. I think there, I saw that there was like a study where people asked um, adults if they would be, if they would take like an immortality pill. Yeah. And like most of them said no. Absolutely not. But like the people <laughs> that did say yes, that they wanted to like be cryogenically frozen in the age they were currently. Uh-huh. Yeah. See, that would be the thing. Yeah. I don't want to know what aging looks like at 200 plus years. I know. Like what does immortality even look like? Right. Do you just stay? A consciousness inside a friggin' prison of Or does it just delay organic your aging? Matter? Like, Maybe. Based on, I don't even know. Didn't isn't there like some freak fact that's like the technology that would make it so that you would stop aging is a like like it's capable like the person who will invent it is alive has been born i mean like it's like some factoid are, don't we age because of like gravity and the sun gravity gravity that's that all, really those, are the, those are the only words I know to that right. song. Yeah, that's like the only words. <laughs> Do you know why? Because you go, next. <laughs> <laughs> I 
And I love me some John Mayer tunes, but that's yeah. just like that's a little that, sleepy for that me. That was that a one. little bit of uh, the Sleepy Jerry era. Yeah, the Daughters era. Yeah, Fathers be good to you. I don't think uh, anyone listened. Daughters. <laughs> He wrote, sh- he wrote that song for Joe Judice. <laughs> Be good to your daughters, Joe. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, like we age because of like elements. And right? then, yeah, like the minute we are born, we just like start to stop, die. start to die. And then at like age like 10, 11, 12, we stop making collagen and elastin. So, you know, it's so crazy. Like when you, like cut your hand or something or something on your body. Yes. And then you just like have a scar for the rest of your life. I know. And like, that's your body now. It's like your body like recoded itself. Yeah. Like sometimes I think about the fact that like, oh my God, when I got my wisdom teeth done. Oh yeah. They like fucked up a nerve and now I can't feel the right side of my tongue. And like something like my face like doesn't have as much like muscular strength on that side as my Uh left side. Yeah. And like, I can feel it for sure. But like, that happened to me when I was like 18. You know what? I'm going to need to talk to somebody. Is there a manager there? Is there a suggestion box? You know what? That's one of those things that they say where they're like, this could happen. Like you could. Yeah. Yeah. And you have to like sign a thing. Yeah. I can't believe that that actually happened to well, you. Like, how annoying is that? You now know what? My physical form My is sister changing. had a really hard time with her wisdom teeth out too. It was like a huge. Did she get, um, what's that called? Dry sockets? No, she didn't. But she got. Something happened where, like, she was taking like antibiotics for it. Oh no! And also, did she get, like thrush? It gave her thrush in her <gasps> throat, so she had like, oh, yeah, it was God. awful. And then she ended up having a pulmonary embolism because she—it's a whole long story. But um, she's okay. I'm sure we're violating some HIPAA here. Yeah, and I think she's okay with me saying that. Sorry if not. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just like a whole thing. It's crazy. I never had my wisdom teeth taken out. I know they're like in your face. They're in my face. Like I went, but you had other teeth taken out. So I wonder if that is why I haven't had to have. I haven't had to take my teeth out <laughs> because I had four adult molars pulled before they did braces on me because I had such a tiny mouth and very big. Teeth. Yeah, you guys, if you ever happen to see a picture <laughs> from Jocelyn at some point in time of her as like <laughs> a younger person, yeah, sure. I guess like when your new teeth are coming pre nine eleven. Post pre? Are you talking about me with teeth or without teeth? With your new teeth growing in. Okay. I don't know what, what year that was. But like middle school. It is really shocking to see. Well, and mean, I don't what know. What do you mean? Hold I on a minute. Know, what are you talking about? I don't shocking know to how see? <laughs> your teeth came in thinking that they would fit in your face. <laughs> they had to do so much orthodontia on you to yeah. get these proportions to work out. I basically have like kind of a small mouth. And like larger sized teeth. They're not like the biggest teeth in the world, but they're big but teeth. Compared to your mouth, like I can't imagine what they had to do to your face. So what had happened was they pulled four adult molars, which apparently they don't do anymore in orthodontic practices. I don't know how those would have fit in your mouth, though. No, they didn't. They gave they took four of them out and then they gave me a palate expander for six months. Like, I imagine like I've, if have I not chronicled this on the podcast Probably, before? But imagine if they if they palate expanded you enough for those teeth to fit they couldn't have done it couldn't have worked right no but they since they did do that and i have had dentists say they did a really good job with it because at first they like i had dentists go oh wow you're they they have numbers and letters and stuff it's not numbers it's letters (laughs) yes and it's like my z10 and my my t2 Uh it's like 
they're they're like, wow, they're missing. But they did like such a seamless job with it. I'm like, I freaking hope so. I had braces for like my whole life. Um, I had them for like three and a half years, which is like kind of long. That is long. But that being said, my teeth stayed really straight. So my orthodontist was right. He was like, Dr. Zametti. He was like, listen, you're going to be mad at me because you have braces until you're like junior year. Mm. But when later on, when your friends have to get, you know, Invisalign, Invisalign. again. Shout out to Zemeti, which to, I did. Yeah, you had to do it again because most people get it for like two years. Some people had it for like a year and a half. Braces. And also, they really need to stay on top of these kids with their retainers because like what were they? They thought I was going to just like have the same one for the rest of the time. I mean, I didn't have the same retainer at all. I got a permanent retainer on the bottom. Thank God for that. Yeah, but they should have started like some sort of subscription. Yeah, they did. They should have. Let's go back in time and start it. We'd be gajillionaires. And I'd give my money away. Not like Jeffrey Bezos, because I'm a Capricorn for good. Yeah. Capricorns for good. TM. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's why I think my impacted uh, wisdom teeth, they're just like in their sideways, you guys, mm-hmm. deep within my face and in my jaw, and they're not going anywhere. So they yeah, said just deep leave. Deep within your face and jaw. They said just leave them, because they said to get them out, they'd have to like really go in there. We definitely had a phase where you were scared that they were coming out. I had it, it was always the threat age 26, like sort of like a vibe where I could feel like maybe they were doing something. And then I got them like x-rayed a whole bunch and they were like, yeah, we're just gonna just leave it. Mm-hmm. So I got over that anxiety and then it didn't ha- have the feeling anymore because I made it up in my head. Yeah, that's like a lot of it, too. <laughs> like, I just have to go back to outer space because you- <laughs> Bye. <laughs> no, you said like the best thing about space. Uh-huh. You called it um, outer space's existential claustrophobia. Yeah. And it's like that feeling of like, it's so vast mm-hmm. and like thinking of your consciousness like in it by itself, which I guess is impossible because we're really a collective consciousness. Yeah. But like being a human is like our consciousness is so solitary. So like thinking of yourself as a human in space even yeah. though it's all this vastness, it is claustrophobic feeling. Yeah. Because, like, it feels like you're suffocating. Because right. there's, like, none of the things that you need to yeah. survive. And, like, I think so much about, like, being a person or being human is, like, your connection to nature and, like, how important is it for us to, like, be outside and get sunlight and, like... Very important. When you're inside for too long, we've learned. Like, you go, you can start to get a little crazy. Yeah. And, like, space is infinite, like... It's nothing. It's, it's like, like not outside. Yeah. No, it's not like, like our atmosphere. Yeah. Yeah. And like you're in that suit. You can't scratch yourself. Imagine if you get itchy. Oh, I can't think of like, I anything worse. <laughs> I have well, like, I get dermatitis for like, from like everything. You, there's no way you're going to space. No, like the, the space will, the suit will make me itchy. Yeah. I mean, are they cathing you or? I feel like you must. Do you wear a catheter or do you just like pee in? Do you wear space diapers? Space diapers? Definitely space diapers. Space diapers. Go out of space. Space diapers. (laughs) Get in the race. (laughs) Space diapers. When you gotta go, just get on a rocket and let it flow. (laughs) Wow. I can see like the animation that goes with this too. Watch this happen because like America would. I know. They'd be on Amazon Prime. I know. Let me prime myself some of those spacey diapers. To Mars. To Mars. What, would, what did you just call it? Space diapers? Or would you come up with like a clever name for it? Um. Oh, wow. Let's, mm. I'm sure there's a pun in here somewhere. There's Intergalactic definitely a- plops. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Our absorption power is infinite. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, 
Number number two in space. Nope, that wasn't it. <laughs> I'm thinking of like something with a black hole. <laughs> <laughs> wait, there was a black hole thing. No, wait, no, it's not a black hole thing. Uh, it was a dark matter thing that I read yeah. about. Hold on, here it is. New dark matter map. So a map, they like mapped out where dark matter is. Mm-hmm. And it shows that there are bridges between the Milky Way and other nearby. <laughs> They it shows that there's bridges of dark matter. Uh Okay, I'm not quite sure what dark matter is. Okay, is it what's in my soul? Say, (laughs) stay on track here because this is going to be harder for me to get. Hold on, there's um, a big guy on a motorcycle coming by. Oh, you're not going to fucking believe what that was. It was not a motorcycle. You are not going to believe what it was. Was it an eagle? It was a. (laughs) It was a Mini Cooper. You're kidding. You're you're Joshua. I just saw. It was a 007, it babe. Was, it was James Bond, baby. <laughs> Boy, back to the dark matter at hand. Mm-hmm. I'll be here all night. Um, so it shows bridges between the Milky Way and other nearby galaxies. Which How funny is calling it nearby? Near, well, they are the closest to us, yeah. right? And what that maybe presupposes is that these dark matter, like their bridges or highways between our galaxy and other galaxies and almost looks like veins. Like veins. So is dark matter like easier to travel on? That's like the question. Like, is it like some it's still sort matter? Of, I don't see, know. Here, I have up, so many questions. Let me look up what dark matter And then is. also like. Do we ever intend to physically attempt to I, go there's to no these way. places? There's no or way. Are there like because like we learned that the CIA has has been doing this like all these astral projection things with like yeah the Monroe Institute and like to we've be tried able it. to move our consciousness yeah into we these tried places. it's like you know I can see how it works with like a lot of a lot a lot of practice. I mean I'm still trying to get my energy conversion box down right now. It's a dumpster. I know. I can only picture a dumpster when I'm in that state. How New York of you? Yeah. <laughs> I imagine like mine. I, sometimes I change it, but sometimes I'm just like in our bathroom, which is so lame. Oh, you're in the bathroom. But yeah, that's I'm interesting because I'm in the upstairs bedroom and where like my makeup area is. Uh-huh. I put a dumpster there and I put all my energy. Oh, human sized in- dumpster or like it's like kind mini. of like a p- poly pocket, like not really mini, but like a, you know, it's a little one. It's a caboodle one. Yeah. Oh, OK. Um, wait, do you want me to tell you what dark matter is real quickly? Yeah. Real quickly. Let me just explain yeah, to you the concept. The, okay, the ready? Notes. Dark matter is believed to be a form of matter. So you don't know. Yeah, exactly. Everything is a theory. The yeah. di- dinosaurs are a theory. Yeah. Okay. So dark matter is believed to be a form of matter thought to account for approximately 85% of the matter in the universe. So this is like, we should just call it matter. I'm sorry. I got stuck on the dinosaurs thing <laughs> while you were reading that. <laughs> So what were you saying? Okay. It's the form of matter that is thought to account for approximately 85% of the matter in the universe and about 27% of its total mass energy density. Guys, I I am already lost. I'm already lost. Comment below. Give us the abridged cliff notes. Okay, grab it. Hold on for a dark second. matter. Its, pr- its presence is implied in a variety of astrophysical observations, including gravitational effects that cannot be explained by accepted theories of gravity unless more matter is present than can be seen. So for this reason, they think that dark matter is abundant in the universe and it has a strong influence on its structure and evolution, like the universe's evolution. 
Uh-huh. And it's called dark because it doesn't appear to interact with electromagnetic field. So it doesn't absorb, reflect or admit electromagnetic radiation and is therefore difficult to detect. And something about that, it's like, you know how like we do things by like light years? Yeah. Like it doesn't light doesn't reflect off of it or light doesn't exist in it. Guys, okay. this is my very dumb understanding of the article that I read about it. But essentially... Because of that, like, you know, how we perceive time as, you know, linear. Uh-huh. That's really not like necessarily how it is. What was it like? I, I like the um, analogy of like a record playing. Yeah. Like and it's that flat. like the way that yeah, well, like it's spinning. Right. And yeah. like the entire record exists. But right. like what how we see time is like the needle playing on like a part of it. Right. But like it's still spinning. Like everything is still spinning. Like right. so like there is no. Time. If only you could just move the That's needle. That's like what we perceive. Yeah. Yes. So it's like time is infinite and constant. Is that? Yeah. Well, like time, if you think about time linearly, it is actually infinite in both directions. Yeah, exactly. So we can perceive that like that is like a circle. Like it's like no matter where you are in time as we perceive it, the, the past is getting longer and the future is infinite. So yeah. it's got, don't get me started about astrophysics on a Monday. I can't. <laughs> this is as far as I go. Wow. And as far as my understanding goes. And yeah. It's stretched thin. And for that reason, I'm out. That's <laughs> a no for me, dog. Just, I'm absolutely out. So. All right. So. Um, you know what? It's not going to be that thick after all. <laughs> but that's my question, though. Like, are we, I guess, back to my CIA thing. Are they, I, they're probably attempting to consciously travel to these places. I'm sure. That, right? I'm sure. Like. So this whole thing about like alien UFO info coming out and like they're maybe going to, you know, release more information What's about the real, it. What are they covering up for is my question. Well, what are they covering up or what are they distracting Yeah, exactly. Us from? That's what I'm saying. Something that they're trying to do for like the seven richest people yeah, in the like, world to get richer. Because you know what? Oh, going back to that. What's wrong with them? I So a lot of them are like malignant narcissists or sociopaths. Mm-hmm. But they also have obsessive compulsive disorder. Yeah. Which means that they have like a tendency to like hoard. hoard. Yeah. And uh, it's literally hoarding wealth. Yeah. Because like you guys, this kind of the, the amount of money that some of these people it's have. It's compulsive for sure. It, there's you would never be able to spend it all ev- in, in like 50 lifetimes. Yeah. So there's just like no there's no reason. They don't even know how much they have. That's how much it like how much it is. Also, nothing is real. Everything is made up. I and know. who says you're worth anything? Right. Oh, yeah, why? Because like, you have a bunch of numbers on a computer screen somewhere. Exactly. You know what? Do a number from Mamma Mia for me and I'll tell you what you're worth. <gasps> oh, my God. Meryl. Which one am I going to do? Meryl's the richest person in the world. <laughs> Which one am I going to do? Which number would you do? Yeah. To prove your worth in, in a Mamma Mia sort of like Fuck. Hunger Games? Yes. <laughs> hmm. I would do. I really like <sighs> Kiss the Teacher. I don't know why. Oh, that's a really good one. I like Angel Eyes, too. Angel Eyes is really. I, I'm just going to go with Dancing Queen. Okay. I think it's like yeah. really like a perfect song. Yeah. And it's kind of hard. Dancing to, Queen, though, it doesn't highlight an individual person if you're performing it. I think not it's, the way I, think I, it's I do more it. Of like an epic song. Not the way that I'm going to do it. Oh, shit. I'm going to do like, um, you know, what was that show that Kirsten Dunst was in where she had two other people attached to her? <laughs> but like it was like fake like mannequins doing the other two parts. It was like, uh, I forget what that show was like, maybe on Showtime. She's in Florida, yeah. I think. Yeah. What was that show called? It was, yeah, it was like Seek Confessions of a and Florida she was like, gal. She was in like a MLM scheme. Yeah. It was actually funny. It was. It was funny. I love Kirsten Dunst. Talk about like an underrated queen. She's in like every one of my favorite movies. Same. 
Same. I love her. And then she married Jesse Plemons. And oh, they're yeah. just so blonde together. From, weren't they in Fargo together? Yeah. They were both just like, Fargo. oh, you're blonde. No, you're blonde. They could be an ABBA. <laughs> yeah. Okay. She could play Frida. I could let her do that. By the way, let her. Yeah. Who the hell do I think <laughs> I am? Um, oh, my God. Do you want to know what something I wrote down that is so funny? Huh? <laughs> that I think the most comfortable, one of the most comfortable experiences is um, riding in the back of a Lincoln Town car. <laughs> oh, Yeah. What a treat to get like picked up. I'm at sorry the for that like complete 180, but like I just literally saw that I had written down that I've. <laughs> but like specifically in the older ones, like an old Lincoln Town car. Yeah, and you get in in the back. What kind of memory foam I is know, that? Like, I always want them to like use those seats in planes because like oh. you know sometimes like my parents would get like a car to pick us up to take us to the airport. Right. And like it would be like a Lincoln Town car, yep. and you're just like, oh my god, I'm ready to go. The door is like heavy. Yeah, there's like cigarettes in it. Yeah, there's like glasses everywhere for some reason. <laughs> and the seat yeah. is like the most comfortable leather. And it's cracked, daddy. Yeah. Oh, I love a Lincoln Town car. And like the headrest is not there, and it's like so perfect. Yes. And then you get on the airplane, you're like, I want to be back in that Lincoln get me Town in car, the Lincoln. Bitch. I know there it is truly like. A really comfortable car. Like, I don't understand why we have things that are like, oh, isn't that so cool? Like furniture wise or whatever. And it's like wicked uncomfortable. It, oh, my God. How about those like Mondrian chairs? What are those ones again? They're like the ones that look like the Mondrian paintings, you know, with like the black geometric shapes. And like it's like primary I gotta Google, colors I gotta of black. a Mondrian chair. You know, you're going to see it and be like, oh, Oh, <laughs> wait, your parents have one of these. Yeah, but I don't think it's real. It's not a real one. Um, oh Or my. is it? <laughs> yeah, like this guy. Yeah. It looks like it's like a Lego. Like I used to sit in it as a kid and it would be like. <laughs> <laughs> like cracking yeah. from the weight of your tiny like child body. Yeah. I don't understand why. Yeah, I want a house that's, like, lined with lazy boys. I don't get, like... Oh, do you know what I always fantasize bring about? Bring back the boys. You know what I always fantasize about? Mm. A room that had, like, a recessed mattress. Yes. So, like, it was at the floor level. Sure. But the whole room was a mattress. Like, the whole room was, like, the... Like, the room itself was, like, the bed frame. Yeah. And the entirety of the room was, like, a mattress. Yes. And then, like, would you just have, like, various different, like... Uh, like wedge pillows different and kinds stuff. of pillows everywhere blankets and then maybe like a tv on and the you wall. could like build your own little like area that's comfy to you based on different pillow yep. sizes yep that i like the concept of that right i like the concept of that and i feel like there should be like some sort of projector in there so that yeah. you could either watch tv against the wall or on right. the ceiling oh i like that because if you wanted to lay down you could just look up yeah is that comfortable to well, watch well no because like you want it at an angle I think, yeah right? you wouldn't so it, yeah it's not comfortable at watching on the ceiling i just tried it and i don't like it no um, i don't like it don't relax scrap, i'm not doing it, I haven't scrap it. it. <laughs> but there also needs to be a very precise lighting design Oh, the lighting design is going to be I'm everything. I'm going to call Bo Burnham and have him hook us up with like a lighting oh, system. Oh, speaking of things we watched, we watched the Bo Burnham Netflix special. Mm -hmm. And that was very special. Yeah. Good. I mean, you know, I, I think he really like captured exactly how I feel. Like for, for Which was like too. very refreshing. I felt very seen and heard. Yeah. And like, what a clever guy. Very clever. If you haven't watched it, you guys, it's a one man show. He recorded it by himself pretty yeah. much. I think he just like went to like J&R. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's not there anymore. <laughs> it's like a throwback. <laughs> J&R. For all you uh, New Yorkers out there. Yeah. 
We all love JNR. For all you big apple heads. Yeah. <laughs> um, big apple heads is actually a club of people who really love apple head chihuahuas. I'm also in that. hundred <laughs> percent. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, or like B&H. And he just bought like every lighting system that they had and did some cool shit. He got like, really, he got more of like the TikTok lighting because he had like all mm-hmm. those different like galaxy lighting things. Yeah. And he like set it up and it looked like so cool. Yeah. I wonder if he'll win like a Golden Globe Award. He should win a Nickelodeon Award. Oh, my God. What for, a- for best extra long TikTok. What, <laughs> what, didn't, what would you do if you got a Nickelodeon Award? Would you be like so zazzed about of it? Of course. Wait, I would be jazzed to get literally any award. Fair enough. Wait, did you see that thing that there's two different types of older millennials? Oh, yeah. It's Nickelodeon millennials Uh and Disney millennials. Let me throw a third one in there. Okay. Cartoon Network. That was, yes, someone did comment that. Because there are some some weird shit that I watched on Cartoon Network. There were some Cartoon Network millennials. And then, like, like, as we got a little bit older, it went to, like, adult swim territory. Yeah. See, that wouldn't necessarily, like, go into... The sort of inception of our personalities, which you don't was think, like, like Aqua Teen Hunger Force is like deep Yeah, but in there. that was more like tween time, teen time. Yeah, a little bit This older. is like very much like what were you watching when you were deciding, you know, your brain would make any connections and stuff. Yeah, you were and, like making hormones for the first time. Yes. And like I just want to be clear, not Disney, like Disney lore. We're all Disney heads at yeah. the end of the day. You have a Disney Channel. Disney Channel versus Nickelodeon, like what were you really watching more? And like, while I did watch both, I'm going to have to go. I'm a Nickelodeon cow. I don't even really know what was on Disney Channel at that time. So remember when I was just telling you about that version of Alice in Wonderland that they had? on Oh, there? yeah. Uh huh. It was like, I forget what it was. Yeah. That's how the song goes. It's like, Wonderland. Adventures in Wonderland. There it is. Did you just find it on TikTok? Yeah, but I'm not I can't find it now, but it's I have to do it that way by just going <laughs> until the memory comes up. Um, but yeah, that was one that I watched on that. And then I feel like was Gummy Bears on that one. It was like Ooh. there was a cartoon and they were bears that like they would drink this like syrup, special syrup. OK. And it made them gummy. That sounds like the big corn syrup industry cartoon. <laughs> It was like a special like gummy bear potion. And Uh when these little bears wanted to like do stuff with magical powers, basically they need to run or do something. They would drink this potion. This is like my latent brain telling me this. This is not a fact. This is a memory. This is like a RuPaul's Drag Race challenge that they did. (laughs) Yes, it was. For the mini challenge, you'll be making your own bouncy potion. (laughs) And whoever bounces the highest wins. wins. (laughs) Exactly. But yeah, those were like, I can't really remember. What else was on there? Was Fraggle Rock on Disney? I don't know. Regardless, I was Nick. I was a Snick bitch. I loved yeah, Nickelodeon. Snick. I live for Snick. Even when we were like teens, I feel like they had like on Nickelodeon like The Face. Yeah, remember that? And there was like all those shows. Yeah, My Brother and Me. All those. Shows. My Brother and Me was like you know not when we were twins. Was no, like, we were like teens. I love My Brother and Me. Did you watch Gullah Gullah Island? Not really. Oh well, that's too bad. Because it was a lot of fun. No, I'm like aware of it, but yeah, I, had a great song. I liked Muppet Babies. Muppet Babies, obviously. Muppet Babies. Was that on Nickelodeon? No, it wasn't. Yeah, was that on Disney. Oh man, you know what? That was like a morning cartoon. I feel. Like. I gotta I tell you, at the end of the day, it's six of one, half a dozen of another with oh, the shit. Disney and the Nickelodeon. Maybe like um, what was it called? Kaboom. Did you just say maybe like? 
I said remember like. <laughs> no, so you just made it like one word. Neighbor really, like. Neighbor, remember, neighbor like. <laughs> wow. Go ahead. This is how languages evolve. Neighbor <laughs> like. Go ahead. What you I have no idea. What I'm saying. So sorry. No, it was not worth it. Oh my god! Wait, you know what we're watching? That's like our like I used to watch Nickelodeon in the summer. Is um Cruel Summer, that show with um yeah the girl. It's on Hulu, right? Yeah, but it's on Freeform. Whatever that is. Guys, what are these things? You know, it it was like once WB, then it became CW, then it'd be... I don't even know if that's it, but like... Do you want to know what's like actually really bothering me? hmm. Um, I'm really sick of like networks making me buy their apps. Their streaming shit? I'm not fucking doing it! It's like ridiculous. This is worse than what cable was at this point. So... Cable was like, oh, it's really expensive, X, Y, and Z. Now what? Now I'm spending, what, $10 a month for each channel at I this think, point? Like, what, like, capitalism has failed to realize is that we don't like a lot of choices. No. Like, as, peop- as I humans. Want, I want the set. I want the pack. Make it easy for me. Make it easy for me. Like, put it together for me. It's too many choices. I don't need 800 versions of Cheerios. Right. I want apple cinnamon. Get me the Bravo package. Yeah. Whatever it is. I don't want Peacock. I don't. What's Peacock? Put it on your Peacock show. Peacock Plus. Peacock Premium. Like, no. what? How about no when, commercials. How about, like, the um that butthole phase between HBO and HBO Max when no what one could figure out how to watch HBO that? Max? There was a time where it was like, it's on HBO Max, and, like, none of our Roku TVs, none of our Samsung, all these smart TVs that no. like, couldn't play HBO Max. Like it was just and like then a, you didn't know which what what, like, what shows were on yes, what. I can't. I'm so sick and of it. And then like an HBO Max original isn't quite as good no. as an HBO show. Like an OG one. Yeah, what's that about? I don't know. They're just like throwing money at shit. But I wanted to go back to Nickelodeon. Yeah. For one sec. Please. Because like we've talked about this recently. How like grotesque was Ren and Snippy? Oh my god, Elena. Ren and Stimpy, they're like snuff films. Yeah. No, totally. Ren and like, Stimpy. Like, they are, first of all, they're so homoerotic. Oh, it's, it's honestly like fetish. Like, the for them, for the, like, the older generations for to even, like, be mad at us for a second that we're gay. Yeah. How rich. How rich. You made us like this. You made us all gay. We, <laughs> Just um, just to clarify for the podcast, that is not how we believe gay people are. We I'm might- gay because I watched Ren and Stimpy. No, you're not. <laughs> I chose to be gay. Yes. Eighth grade. You know what? That that being said, I'd make the choice again. Um, <laughs> but I remember like my mom was like really liberal about we could watch pretty much anything. Yeah, but when Ren and Stimpy was on, she was like, I really don't want you guys to watch this because it is like kind of gross. And she's right. It was like. Like close-ups of like veiny body parts. Yeah, like very um phallic looking uh veiny things. And like a lot of butt a lot cheeks. of butt cheek action. Like I remember them as just like rubbing their butt cheeks around everything and like putting their butt crack on everything. I feel like I've seen Stimpy like wrap his butt cheek around a pole. Many, oh, yeah. And like the butt cheeks sing to each other. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's like a lot of like they would do the thing where they would like kind of like do those hyper realism like zoom in. Yes, and you, you would see like all the hair, all and their stuff. veins and hairs and boogers. Like because like there was cute Ren and Stimpy, and yeah. then when it got like really gross, it would show them like be really gross. Yes, that was a lot. Those Don't were stuff. Those were stuff. the electric fence. <laughs> yeah. Like what is that? Like did we get what that was? Uh, yeah, it, that was for adults. It, like David Lynch made it. It's log. It's log. Oh, his log lady. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Um, 
But Molly is Ren and Oliver was Stimpy. That's so true. I was like hardcore. I was into Ren and Stimpy. I liked it. I mean, it's good. We had, but like, I it had was a very, like, very, very gross graphic. sense of humor when I was a kid. We were really into like farts and okay, shit. Okay, well, again, groups. Nickelodeon, they were like sliming us. Yeah. Oh they, my what, God, Gak. What was the part in, um? what was the show where you had to co- go through somebody's nose and like get the boogers? Yeah, Double Dare. Double Dare. Wow. Like, what did they think? And then they're like, you better be nice. And it's like, you're feeding us sugar water and yeah. snot. Yeah. They're like, get this ecto cooler. It's ghost snots. Right. And I was like, yeah, I want to drink ghost snots. Creepy crawlers. Creepy crawlers. The way that you just moved your neck and face to make that sound. (laughs) Like you were like possessed just now. I was. Did you ever play creepy crawlers? Of course I did. I like to say like, did you ever play it? It was just like. It was like making gummies. What it was was it was Easy Bake Oven for boys. Exactly. Which same technology. Was, same exact technology, which was a plastic box with a really high wattage light bulb that was gave off a lot of heat. There is no way that these things would be made now. No. Like, they are such... If they if they are being made, I wish they are, they're literally like $15. Back in the day, it was like, oh my god, like, are oh, you gonna get a creepy I got like an Easy Bake Oven and it was like a thing. Yeah, it was like getting a car. Because like, you basically mix up the mix and you put it in. Did you eat it ever? I made it one time with my grandmother and we like ate it. And we were like, and then she died. Stop it. (laughs) Sorry. I mean, she died years later. We don't know for sure that it wasn't. It can't be ruled out. We don't. It can't be ruled out that it wasn't the easy bake oven. Um, But the creepy crawlers one was like you took these like kind of rubbery beads. Yes. And you put them in like a little metal mold to make like bugs. Mm -hmm. And it smelled like cancerous it did it yeah it smelled, smelled really bad like, like burning rubber it was not a good idea no. for it was like tire smell no it definitely got into my brain somehow that's like was, why i have adhd oh yeah there were so many products lots of products that were bad like oh. some, remember some of those drinks like they were always coming out with drinks for us do you yeah. know that i don't feel like kids these days have all these new friggin drinks we, we were, were like, so thirsty mondo M- mondos is that what they were called What's mondos they were like a plastic like tube and it had like a little waist <laughs> just <laughs> no one about. Snatch. and then the top was actually this really thick tab it was like an inch thick uh-huh. and you would like you had to like rip it off and it was like blue raspberry no yeah but like th- those are called mondos yes and then they had i want to call them gushers but that's not what it is it was like um, for the drinks yes 90s drinks. Oh, kids. these are... I didn't even know these were called Mondos. Is it, is it called a Mondo? Mondo. Yeah, they're called Mondo. Squeezers. Mo- Squeeze-its. Remember Squeeze-its? Yeah, I have Squeeze-its. Okay, Squeeze-its were the one... These were made out of a material like that squeeze-its. was so flimsy. They it were was, like wax. It was like this material... I think you <laughs> could like eat eating the, the bottle. bottle. By the end of it. <laughs> Squeeze-its were... They came in like a six-pack. It was like a tall plastic bottle, and it had some sort of sugar syrup in yeah. it. Yeah, they were more syrupy, too, than like actual, than regular drinks. They were drinks. so syrupy. I remember... I'm, they were like those... You know those like popsicles that you buy and keep in the freezer? Yeah. It's like melted those. Exactly. Wait, I remember one time my grandmother's brother was over, my Uncle Billy. And my grandmother's uh, brother. My gran- which is my favorite book. Yeah. Um, and he was like, Do you got any Shasta? And she's like, We don't have any Shasta, but we got one of these grape squeezes. And it was like white. Did grape. he take it? Yeah, he he I remember him sitting there drinking it. And like he was like, you know, he's my grandmother's age, so he's essentially like a grandfather. And he was like, I'm not gonna lie. 
it does taste like wine. What? Yeah, I know. It was like a white uh, grape I don't know. squeeze. I don't it. know, Uncle Billy. I know. <laughs> That's a stretch. And he is also dead, so we can't be sure that the uh, squeeze it wasn't part too much of it. Wine? May, may they all rest in peace. But the his, squeeze it. His wine taste was real skewed, if you ask me. I mean, and I remember like getting one after he had it and being like, I mean, I was a little kid. I had no idea what wine tastes like, but I was yeah. like, really? Like, I even I knew that was preposterous. Yeah. But they had the squeeze it that came out, which is something they also did in the 90s, which was do versions of things crystal like Pepsi? Pur- purple ketchup, crystal Pepsi, purple ketchup. Yeah. Why? What the fuck was that? I don't need that. My brain is already doing enough. That made me gay, too. That made me that made me gay. Now yeah. that made me gay. Yeah. Um, wait, the squeeze it did one where it came with a little like tablet that looked like a Pez that was like stuck with a piece of tape and you put it in it and it turned it a different color. Yes. I remember that. Wait, I have, there's more. Do you remember what it's called? Wait, there's so many more. No, no, it's Squeeze It, but it was like their brand of it. Oh my God, you know what? I just realized Squeeze It was by Betty Crocker. So like Squeeze It was doing like Betty, Betty Crocker was making drinks. That's like how crazy the drink, the drink industry for children in the 90s. And then they wonder why we all like drink a lot. We drink so. Yeah, I have like a, I have like an oral fixation with drinks. Yes. It's weird. Like if I go to like a. A deli or like a convenience store. Yeah. So like on a road trip or something. Oh, yeah. I'll walk out of there with like five drinks. You already know that I'm on the same boat as you. I think it's like a combination of attention deficit disorder, which is like mm. I need a lot of tastes. Yeah. But I also uh, working in retail, I always had a lot of drinks back in the day. Uh huh. Because what else are you going to do? So under the counter, I had like a lot of drinks. Right. And I remember one time my boss came in and was like, oh, no more drinks on the floor. And I was like, that's never going to happen. LOL. LOL. I'm not going to the back for a sip of this, whatever I have. But um, we had so many drinks. Like, what was that one? Obviously Capri Sun. Mm-hmm. But what was that one where it was like really thick and it had little balls in it? Yeah. Um, it was in a bottle. A yes. glass bottle. Why do I want to say like something orbits? What orbits. Is, is it? Yes, you're correct. It was like drinking almost jello. Yes. You know, like when you like there was gelatin in there. Yes. Like, you know, like when it was you, a meat. It byproduct. was it was a meat. <laughs> it was an animal byproduct. Yeah, like when you go to buy it, you're like, this isn't vegan. Yeah. <laughs> it's like when you're your kids thirsty. Have you ever thought about turning them into a horse hoof from the inside? <laughs> we were drinking the craziest yeah, we were. drinks. And the Ecto Cooler was a high, a high C fruit punch, right? Yes. Yeah. Not fruit punch, but it was high C yeah, it was juice high C. boxes. Yeah. And it was this like green What's the flavor of Ecto Cooler? It was like Is for it? Ghostbusters. Yeah. It was like a lime green drink. And the packaging was cool. The packaging was at radical, dude. It was rad. That's the that's the flavor is Ecto Cooler. It's, yeah, it's, but it's like citrus. What? Citrus. Yeah. You know what? I it's wonder, like orange. I wonder if it's Neroli. <laughs> it's Neroli. Kill me. For sure. Um, juicy juice. The juiciest juice. Your Hawaiian namesake? fucking punch. I mean, anything that stains your lips that much can't oh be good. God. Remember those kids that um, were fruit punch kids? They had like a yeah, constant, like a Kool Aid. Of course, a Kool Aid stain. Um, do you know what I like loved when I was a kid? What Martinelli's? Oh well, that's just classic. And then, oh my God, I went that's so like actually hard good. on Orangina. 
Orangina. Like How is little, she? The, the little round. The little orange, yes. I loved that drink. I never really had too many orange drinks. Oh, did you ever like have the drinks that your parents bought, but then when you went to other people's house and they had different drinks, you were like really excited. Like for me, that was orange soda. Like we mm-hmm. would never regularly buy orange soda that wasn't like, that wasn't our evergreen stock in yeah. my house. You had to go to Kel's house. Our ever- exactly. Our evergreen stock was Coke. Schweppes ginger ale. Schweppes. Some sort of had to be Schweppes. Not candy Jay. No, we were, we were not. We were a Schweppes house. And then some kind of like a cran apple. Oh yeah. Yep. And then ju- some oh, sort shoosh. of like a a sweet lemonade tea, either like a Newman's own oh. or like a sips. Remember sips? Um, that's a, there's a, there's a big discrepancy between sips and Newman's own. Yeah. Well, there was like those are like the ni- those were the drinks that we had orange juice. Yeah. That was this and milk. Like uh, Newman's own is for celebrations, <laughs> yeah. special occasions. It's not just Newman's; it's his own. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we what those, did we have? We yeah. What was your stock house? Moss apple juice. Okay, I really liked apple juice. Big big, big apple juice. Applehead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you really are so an it's apple a, head. The Chihuahuas and the Moths and the city and the city. There you go. Three times. Uh, what other drinks did we buy? I don't remember. I guess Coke. Were you Coke? I you know no my shit, memory. You guys got Coke here. <laughs> well, this is America. <laughs> um, I have a really terrible memory. Like, what do you remember drinking? Mots, water. A lot of your um childhood too. You weren't in America, so I wonder if it's just different. Oh yeah, brands. they have um. I really liked Almdudla, which is this like soft drink that's kind of like ginger ale. Almdudla. Um, what's the flavor profile? It's kind of like ginger ale. It's a little bit more bitter. Bitter. Um, <laughs> what's the? Well, let's see what it is. What is it? I mean, like it doesn't really say. Like, I mean, the packaging is so fun. Just look it up. It's called an alpine drink. Is it like tree tree flavored? Maybe it might be like a little bit piney. Oh, like a like gin for kids. It is kind of ginny. It's really refreshing and yummy. But, I loved but it. But better than like gin. Is it like um? What's that drink? That gin based drink that you and I had a phase with? No, I don't know if you had a phase with it. But I had a phase with it. It's a gin based li- liqueur drink. Up of palm Tom Collins. Oh, uh, oh, oh, um, to, uh, a um, mother of mother of God. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna Google it's it. It's like what Brits drink, like at, at yeah. the fucking polo match. Yes. Um, I, I Tom Collins. Nope. Tom Joe. Is it Tom? It's, it's not Tom. Please tell me it's Tom. Don't tell me it's Tom. <laughs> it's about Tom. No. Um. Question mark. It's called a palmen fruiser. A palm. Fuck me. Hold on. Palm doodler. Is there like um cucumber in it? Yes. Pim's cup. A fucking Pim's cup. I thought cup. of it. I didn't, I didn't look. I had, It came back to me. Pim's. I think Pim's is gin based. Is it not? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't no, know. I don't think. I don't know. It's its own kind of alcohol, but. But like um, the drinks in Europe are very. They taste very different. Yeah. Like the obviously we all know like Coke tastes different all over the world. Yeah. Like all the Coke products. The best Coke product is the special recipe McDonald's Diet Coke yeah. syrup. That is the number yeah. one Diet Coke. It's the best Coke product. Yeah, it's worth leaving the house for. Yeah. But like milk tastes very different because it's not pasteurized. Oh yeah, that was something I I had to get used to um, when we would visit Europe. Like. Which has been a long time now because we haven't been able to leave the country. Mm. Um, mm. You know what's existential claustrophobia? 
when you weren't allowed to go to another country. I know. I was like, wow, we are. Uh, we straight up weren't allowed. We were not allowed. Um, but, oh, when you go to different grocery stores, how different their dairy section smells compared to our dairy yeah. section. Like, sometimes I'll, like, miss it. Yeah, you've said like, that. I, I, like, get, like. A fl- uh, like a sniff or a flare of it. Like, is it I- like that scene in Ratatouille when he yeah. eats the Ratatouille? The, uh-huh. And he, like, and he goes like, zooms back. back into his childhood. Yeah, yeah. That's and nice. like the juice tastes different too. It's like very there. It's just like more. It's Probably less it's like sweet real it's, like, juice. Thicker. Yeah. Well, we're the uh, sugar kings over here. I love that band. <laughs> <laughs> At least we have fluoride. I know it's like the one thing we have in America's teeth. Most like a lot. I think so. I don't know about the entirety of the United States, but we there's some decent teeth in the in America. I mean, we did see Tiger King, and yeah, it wasn't a great yeah, it's example. Not Maybe like, not Florida. I don't know if we should go bragging about it, but <laughs> I had to have four adult teeth removed. Let's just put it that way. The packaging for All Doodler, by the way, is so funny. Yeah, well, we're gonna have to put. It, we're gonna have to post it. It looks like piss. <laughs> Yeah. It's exactly the color of human pee. If you haven't had water in a very long time. But you know what? I would drink it because I've drinking liquid jello with who knows what in it. You know what? Like when I think back to just like high school and everything and like go like just even thinking about like lunch period and this like I was someone who was flying by the seat of my pants and on purpose because now, I know now that I have ADD, ADHD, mm-hmm. whatever the official term is now. Yeah. Um, but at, at the time, I didn't know um, because girls often go undiagnosed, guys, just so you know. Yeah, because the people they were diagnosing with it back then were just like those boys that were they were couldn't sit down. They were hyperactive. And yeah. they, they, there's inattentive type, which is like what girls have. Anyways. And they put them on Ritalin and they, they were like brain dead. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> um. But basically, like, in order, it's like a lack of dopamine. Yeah. And dopamine helps you get shit done. Yeah. So a lot of times people who have ADD will be called, like, procrastinators or might be called, like, lazy, like, because they have to have, like, the threat of, like, a timeline to get enough dopamine in their brain to get it done. Uh So for me, getting, like, homework and projects done was, like, the night before or, like, the class before or, like, during lunch period. And I gotta tell you, I like Catherine Zeta Jones my way through high school. Yeah. Like I literally was like at the it was like down to the wire. Entrapment. Yes. <laughs> it was like down to the wire. And like I managed to graduate like with a pretty good GPA. Summa cum laude. Oh well, I mean, not in high school, but like I don't even know. It was just like means. I did decently. But like it was all because I had to make, create like fake pressure. Pressure to get stuff done because I just couldn't get it up enough. Yeah, no, I get that. It totally. was very dull. I need the weight of the world to be on me. Oh my god, it's just like not even like learning is dull. I think learning is great. It was just like the way that they set it up is not like always that inspiring. Like, you know, no. those classes where you're just like trying so hard to stay awake in your child oh, yeah. body. I don't remember like anything, but like I feel like I didn't get taught shit in high school. Yeah. Like I didn't learn shit in high school. Yeah. You know? No, I hear you. Like, I feel like a lot of it was like learning to take a test. Like, just studying for a test. Yeah. and learning like, to take a test and learning how to, like, avoid people and, like, not want to kill myself. Yeah. yeah. That's, like, honestly what it was. It was, like, trying not to, like... We got to reform the school system, yeah. guys. It's just, like, not working out. And, like, it, it's just... Like, you, you would have a class, maybe, I don't know if this happened to you, where, like, the teacher was, like, really passionate about it. And, like, that teacher was, like, good because you, like, really learned something because, mm-hmm. like, of their... Pa- but a lot of times, like, you know, 
they you know, have so many students and it's a lot and it's like hard to get it up friggin' eight times a day. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's just a, the system's hard. Yeah. And like, what are we even teaching? I don't know. Like, why am I not learning how to do my taxes? What? I mean, how dumb are taxes to begin with? We should be learning about like how to fucking beat the system. That's exactly what I'm saying. Of <laughs> course, like this, of course yeah, they're I not going to teach us that. I obviously know, but like, but like we what we really should be learning is how, what about just like um, physical fitness and knowing how to use like a gym? Or like I talk about this all the gardening. time. Gardening. I, tell me about it. Like communication. There should be like a yeah. like, why am I learning about psychology when I need to like learn how to like function what as about a, like a human? Pra- it's like almost like you learn these things, but you we really need practical applications for them so that we see why. Like yeah. for me, I could I had a really hard time like being interested in math. Like it wasn't that I couldn't do it. It was just that I didn't see the point well, of learning it. Well, they should have told it. us it was for space. Right. And, and there should also I, have been like a, have learned it. <laughs> I know, right? I don't fucking know. But like, for example, like I took music theory, which is like pretty mathematical when mm. you think about it. And I did great in that. But it was because the application of that was interesting to me. Yeah. But when and I, it wasn't even as interesting as learning about all by myself and Rachmaninoff. Like imagine true. if they had done it that way. I know. That really would like, have done honestly, it for me. Honestly, YouTube is so much better than school was. Yes. Like, I learned so much more shit on YouTube. Oh, my God. The, it, we had no... We have all the information in the world at our fingertips now. Yeah. It's like, like wild. They, how were these kids in high school, like... They, Honestly, like, they wouldn't even send my kids. That's why it. I can't have kids. It's because, like, I would have kids and then not send it to school. And people would think <laughs> I was, like, fucking crazy. <laughs> I would, like, homeschool my kids. Yeah. If I had the luxury of it. But, like... But, yeah. Um... We, why don't we have like financial management class? Financial management, or, like, relationship how to, class. How about they teach us like home ec, right, and like cooking or yeah. whatever, which is like one semester, like once or whatever. I know. And they teach you how to make like like mac and cheese. Me, teach me how to feed myself. Right. Like, they don't teach us like proper nutrition things or anything. They just don't. What about just like like the health classes? They need to teach us better health. Like, why don't we learn like? more basic first aid stuff or like stuff that's like you might need to know on a regular basis like how to detect a UTI (laughs) what were you gonna say like ninja stuff oh karate yes ninja self defense (laughs) John Wick but yes you're right how to detect a cancer lump Oh, lumps. Good sure. I mean, I just feel like we weren't learning the best. I think. Um. What? Well, how about like learning about like what sexual assault is? <laughs> okay, that's a really good point. Like, there's this whole thing. Of course, like, is it abstinence or do you teach sexual health? Of course, you teach sexual health. Like, that's the hunt. Abstinence is a you know you're you're you it's that. a fairy tale. Yeah. Um. But like, they no a lot of schools teach that. No, I'm. I get that, but I'm saying like that's not something you which teach. is you is you're basically not teaching. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But like obviously teach that, but like teaching people bodily autonomy mm-hmm. and like that they that children this should be in like kindergarten preschool where it's like your body is your own, no one is allowed to touch you unless yeah. you give them like like you know what I mean like don't let people touch you. Yeah, like when you meet like people's kids, don't kiss them and hug them. Like, right, they don't. They're not like ready for it oh my <laughs> like, god they can't really like consent to it it's like awkward i don't consent to like, the a only, hug from my auntie yeah Thank there you. were like a lot of hugs and kisses i got when i was a kid that like made me very uncomfortable i know when you're a little kid you're like go give so-and-so a kiss and like, it's like are you my pimp don't <laughs> don't top me yeah don't touch me no i like love that when it's like oh she doesn't want to give you a hug she doesn't have to yeah. i love that yeah yeah it's so that's so good. So now what they're going to teach is they're going to teach TikTok dances 101. I mean, OK, they're going to teach 
swipe right or swipe left. I never quite understood which was which. Because you never had to use it. Yeah. Thank God. I would have been bad on it. Yeah. It just honestly, like, God only gives you what you can handle. I would not have been able to have handled the no, dating app. I don't think you would have swiped right on anyone. I, I would just, they'd be like, you've come to the end. Because I just can't imagine. I just have to smell you. <laughs> yeah, that's, like, true. <laughs> like, isn't that the most, like, apropos candle company person? Like, yeah. I have to smell. <laughs> I have to smell you. Uh, Alana, I have to, like, admit something to you. Okay. Every single morning, I wake up, I pray. To Lord Jeebops? Nope. <laughs> I, I pray that there's going to be a new season of Emily in Paris just magically on TV just for me. For you. <laughs> just like piping it, hot. I can't explain why I liked the show so much because I know it's not good. You know, I, I do think it's like a similar. Why is it not good? Why? No one can tell me why it's bad. It's good. Like it's, <laughs> it's it falls in the same category as Mamma Mia's to me. Not like as good as a Mamma well, Mia, not, I'm not but saying it's, it's that as good. same thing where it's like, listen to me. You have to suspend. suspend. Suspend your disbelief. All disbelief. Is it belief? No. Or just suspend all your disbelief. Yes. So you can enjoy it fully. Exactly. Like. Stop being such an earthling and just friggin' watch the show. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just like, enjoy it. Exactly. It is true. That's true for Mom and Mia, too. Like, don't stop trying to make sense of it. Yeah. Okay. This like, is like her mic is not plugged in. I know. Yes. It's, it's it's based on like the concept of like Greek comedies and like it's just to entertain you and like it's an art piece. Just enjoy. She threw on the Greek comedies. Yeah. Well, I'm going to get into it when I get into it. But like. Guys, like this is on purpose. Yeah, it's it's. I think it's self aware enough to know that right. like it shouldn't be taken seriously. Don't take it fully serious. It's not like supposed to be. And who, like I can't say good because it is good. It's great. Even yeah. it's fin- phenomenal. But like people get so caught up on like realism. Yeah, that's not what we're doing. Like, oh, like every single guy is good looking and wants to talk to her. Like yes, yes. they do. Yes, now, this, they, do. they do because this is Mamma Mia. <laughs> Jeez Louise. <laughs> Can we talk about the fact that you w- woke me up the other night because you were laughing at me because of my uh, sleeping mask? Oh, my God. The Chronicles of Sleeping Mask. <laughs> so, like, jo- Jonathan. <laughs> <laughs> if you start calling me Jonathan. Listen, Jonathan. I- Johnny boy, listen. Oh my god. Um, Jonathan has this eye mask that she sleeps with. Yes, that I love my sleepy eye you mask. You love your sleepy eye mask. She found it on the internet. Yeah, it wraps all the way around my head, like with a velcro, and it's like a pillow. It's like it's so soft, nice. super soft, yep. and pillowy. And like sometimes when I get up to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night, I'll take a look at her to see like what the status of the eye mask is, because <laughs> I just like to know. I find it interesting. <laughs> Has it sustained? Has she been moving around a lot? Like, is it, where is it? Is it off? Is it comp- kind of on? And then I'm always interested. Like, it tells me, like, how much more she's going to sleep. Oh, you're sort of like, this. how much is this baby going to keep me yeah, up exactly. in the morning and exactly. the night? How much yeah. time do I have left? Right. <laughs> and then the other day, 
It was. I looked at you and it was wrapped around your neck like a neck brace. <laughs> and you looked and you were just like propped up so hilariously and like ever no. so slightly snoring with this thing on your neck. And I just no, like I wasn't. so hard. Oh it my was God. Just so funny. I was like, what? Yeah. And then I like woke up and went to the bathroom and I realized it was around my neck. And it, I was like, wow, I'm awful. Like, so it was, funny. It just was like particularly dweeby. And um, thank you for loving me. I mean, you got to sleep in total darkness. What can I say? I I do like it. It's better for you. Yeah. Yeah. More restorative. It's better for you. I don't know about you, but like this heat has been making me so fucking sleepy. The heat is on another level. Like every hour on the hour, I'm like, I could take a nap. It's 95 degrees yeah. right now. And I just want to remind everybody that last weekend, this is particularly for the Northeast. I don't know what the other parts of the country are experiencing, but it was 50 degrees cold. It was cold out. It was like 40 something. I had on a puffer jacket to yeah. walk Molly. Raining, raining. Freezing. And then the, the following weekend, it was 95 degrees outside. How dare they? I think this is crazy. Yeah. I think that the weather, like, I'm sorry to Things, talk about yeah. weather again, because as you all know, I'm a big weather head. Jonathan in, loves weather. What can I say? I <laughs> Hi, I'm Jonathan Draw, and I'm here to tell you about the weather. The weatherheads. Um, it's just so wacky. Yeah. It can go 50 degrees. I think there's a little something called climate warming. Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh-huh. I see what you're doing there. Yes. yes. And, um. Got it. Nailed it. <laughs> it is, it's just on another level. It's scary it's stuff. scary stuff. Just before things get a little bit too scary, I would really like to start telling you about ABBA because there's a lot of stuff to talk about here. Gimme, gimme, gimme a man after midnight. My favorite thing about to do with ABBA is to learn like the most, the weirdest note in their harmony. And like, that's the one I choose to sing. Oh my God. I do that. We both do that. Yeah. And that since there's 8,000 notes, it's, you can pick any note. Uh, really. You know who's like omnipresent and every fucking deep dive that we do shows up every time. Oh, haunted by it. Phil Spector. Phil fucking Spector and his wall of sound. He invented music, apparently. We just have to just, let's just talk about it quickly. We, Phil Spector, famously a murderer. Famous famous, famous crazy hair haver. But also a genius in the realm of the recording industry and like uh-huh. the history of recording yeah. uh, popular music. Because he invented this concept. So I don't... Did he invent it or did he steal it from somebody? He probably stole it from someone. Yeah. Um, but I mean, he's accredited with He's it. credited as having invented the wall of sound and the concept of the wall of sound. Well, I mean, like, no one invented the wall of sound. It exists. And he's able to create... To replicate recre- yeah. it. Like, so, you know, if you listen to, like, a chorus of people yeah. and it's, like, you know, 50, 100 people uh-huh. and you get... Even if they're all singing a singular note, yeah. even if it's, like, you know not you know, just like a melodic line or whatever mm-hmm. it, because of the different textures of people's voices and just the different like tonal differences and timbres of people's yeah, voices yeah. you get this like harmonious sound that is so beautiful yeah and so his he basically replicated that in producing music by recording like the same line over and over and over again. Uh-huh. Sometimes they would like speed up and slow it down to give it different textures. Mm-hmm. And it made like a really gorgeous, beautiful sound, which we all have come to know and not even realize is there anymore. I mean, it's been in every deep dive. Every deep like, dive. Big in the ABBA end, is end a huge yes. user of the wall of they, sound. That's why one of the reasons I love them so much is because their harmonies are so incredible. 
Yes. I mean, they're such good singers. Yeah. I can't wait to tell you all about it. So should like, I, should I get into like, it? Okay. Like, wait, what are you going to say? Feel the beat of the tambourine. No. It's like, I, all I know is like, oh yeah. It's like, how it goes. It's like the harmony on that Oh part. yeah. There's one where it's just like, just it's a talk. Yeah. Just talking. <laughs> but you need it. Yeah. Okay. Just sh- without further ado, should I? Yes, 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 yes. Okay, yes. great. Yes. Um, Ladies and gentlemen. Abba. Okay, so the way that I'm going to kind of talk about this is really a, a mixture of a few different things. It's the history of kind of ABBA on kind of a broader scale because they have a lot of work. There's four members that have led four separate lives. Uh-huh. There's a lot I could get into, but I really want to keep it about sort of like the magic of ABBA and then Mamma Mia and sort of like just interesting bits about those particular things. Because there's there's a lot. lot. There's a lot. There's a lot. So I'm doing sort of a a tight five version. It's still going to be quite long, but it's like a version where I am able to, you know, give you guys the the highlights. Cool. I'm going to cite some of my sources up top here. Uh, (laughs) Wikipedia. ABBA, in their own words, which is a documentary. Another documentary, Mamma Mia, the story of the world's favorite musical. Thisdaymusic.com, smoothradio.com, and 80skids.com. Oh, 80skids.com is where it's at. Yeah. It was, it was, had a lot of great tidbits. First, I just want to start this up top. ABBA is forever. Hell yeah. ABBA is Ab. space and time in both directions. Are you going to cry? <clears throat> Oh, I will cry. You're getting choked up. Uh, no, not yet. That's just my allergies. Okay. But um, don't be fooled. I will be crying. Yeah. <clears throat> just making room for more crying. <laughs> All right. ABBA are a Swedish pop group founded in Stockholm in 1972 by Agneta Falskog, Bjorn Ulveus, Benny Andersson, and Anifrid Lingstad. I will never say them with the accents again, but I just wanted Thank to you like for pushing that out. Do that my best impressive. to yeah. impress to impress to pronounce them with as much respect as possible. That was impressive. Um, Anderson, wow. Anifried and Fried. Anifried is Frida. Yeah. Um, okay. So the group's name is an acronym for the first letter of each of their names. Right. So like Ani, mm-hmm. Bjorn, Benny. And Agneta. Uh-huh. Or you put Agneta first. I don't know. I wonder if they have like an order. Yeah. That they it's A-B-B-A. I have to find that out. Um, one thing that's really funny is the girls often refer to the boys as um, Benny Bjorn. Like, Benny Bjorn. Just, like just one, one guy. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so each member of the group comes from their own background in music. And they had been in like some sort of successful act or band. Sweden. Yeah, like for example, um Frida was kind of like a lounge jazz singer. Cool. She did like a lot of like jazz like in you know heading up like a band, uh-huh. like kind of like an event and wedding and yeah, things like yeah, yeah. that. She had like a classic voice. Like. Right. You can tell they're the girls are like such good singers yeah, they and are. that's like the why they're so magical. Like it's such a great combo. Um so yeah, they basically were in these, you know, Successful, like, kind of in Sweden and stuff like that. And the magic really happened when they all came together. They became one of the most commercially successful acts in the history of popular music, topping the charts worldwide from 1974 to 1983. Damn. In 1974, ABBA were Sweden's first winner of the Eurovision Song (laughs) Contest with the song Waterloo. My, my. 
And <laughs> it's a classic. If you haven't seen them do this, it's so great. These costumes that they wear is just amazing. So like it, this kind of sets the tone for when Waterloo happens. Like this is like, OK, like this is kind of the look and the vibe that we're going for yeah. because they did have like different iterations that they tried. Like they tried kind of do like a folkier thing and it just like wasn't really they're so funny. Like they they wrote a song about Waterloo. Well, it's also one of the sta- train stations in the UK. Like it's uh-huh. one of like the what's it called? The the tube. What's it? What do they call it? The underground. Yeah. The, I think it's one of the there's like all the different train stations and they tried to find one that um, what's it called? Waterloo couldn't escape if I wanted to. And it was like what would rhyme with couldn't escape if I wanted to. Like some of the way that they write stuff is just like, does it sound good? Did the lyrics they don't even necessarily make sense. Uh, that, but this like is that's what I'm like the about. Swedish production. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Um, in 2005, they, they did that. So Ariana can break free. Oh yeah. Because exactly. That's who's that guy. The Swedish, Max, Martin. Max Martin is Swedish. Like Swedes have like a really cool way of recording music that makes it really get into your brain, really stick in your brain. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. So I'm in fine. 2005, uh, Eurovision chose Waterloo as the best song in the competition's history as part of the 50th anniversary celebration of the contest. Wow. So it won Eurovision. Like, I mean, is it the most <laughs> successful one? Like, I can't name very yes, many other. It is bar none the most a hundred percent. And they're the most successful band to come from that would Eurovision, be, probably. Yes, I think that's true. But besides Conchita Vorst. Oh, who's just cool. Yeah. <laughs> so they did not achieve the immediate success that one might imagine after Eurovision. Like. Uh-huh. It took a little bit of while. Like I said, like when we see them in with their Waterloo costumes, we're seeing what they're capable of, but they didn't necessarily figure out what they had done there right away. Yeah. So that most when that happens. Yeah. So most of your Eurovision winners are one hit wonders. And it took people a few years to realize that, OK, ABBA's not really like going away. Like they keep coming out with stuff and uh-huh. like maybe it's like a little bit successful or it's successful in Australia or like whatever is successful here or whatever. Yeah. But they're starting to realize they're not going anywhere. <laughs> they're still here. And the release of Mamma Mia, the song. Yeah. Mamma Mia. Do, 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 this, that was their do, real breakthrough. Do, 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 do. Well, I, 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 I don't know how I suddenly lose control. I mean, there's a fucking xylophone in it. Like, yeah. how good is I, that? Oh, yeah. They do the coolest. They're like, so clever. And like, they're, they're so smart. They're not afraid of like not sounding cool. Mm hmm. Like they kind of they're corny. Yes. No, that's that's a thing. That, yeah. Let me. They talk about that. Yes, that is a hundred percent. They're like, it was kind of at a time where there was like also this like punk scene happening. Uh huh. I actually one of the documentaries I watched, Bono was talking about them, and like Bono was more in like this like edgier punk scene at the time. Yeah. Well, he was very angry about the troubles. Exactly. So he said like, you know, here they were in these corny costumes yeah. and they cut this music is kind of cheesy. And it was sort of like the antithesis of like the punks like didn't really like it. Yeah. But like Bono saying like looking back on it, this is the best pop group of all time. Yeah. And like just being out like I'm being uncool because this is just like so it's beyond there's no such thing as cool. This yeah, exactly. just doesn't make you feel good. Yeah. That is the point with the Mamma Mia movies as well. It's just like it's not. They're so authentically just doing something that feels good and yeah. sounds pleasing and looks fun. Yeah. That you're just like, I just like this and I don't even care. 
Yeah, I mean, there's like definitely there's definitely room for like music that makes you feel some type of way, or it's like mm-hmm. inspires you to like right. take action or whatever. Sure, but like at the end of the day, we just like want to feel like the dancing queen feels. Yeah, and there's something about ABBA's music too that while it is like poppy and like you know it's it's its own thing. It's a mix of like pop, rock, and folk, and like things, yeah. that, all that kind of thing. Um, and also they're very influenced. I'll talk about it a little bit more, but they're influenced by like folk music from around the world. Uh-huh. Um, and you can really like see it's like it's timeless and it's also like it exists everywhere. Mm-hmm. It's the world. It is like, you know, they're trying to talk to everyone in the language of music. Does that yeah. make sense? So after the release of Mamma Mia, it kicked off a six year run of 17 consecutive top 10 hits, including oh my eight God. number one hits. Oh, my God. That's so good. Yes. So, like, as I was just talking about, they stood out for their upbeat pop songs and outrageous costumes, uh-huh. which apparently had something to do with the Swedish tax law. <laughs> so This is what I'm talking about. This, this is, is what they need to teach in no, the school. No, this is... Yeah, why weren't they teaching us our costume law? Yeah. So, in Sweden... <laughs> There's a law regarding costumes. So regarding if regarding costumes. <laughs> there was a law regarding costumes. And basically, if you could wear a costume that you couldn't wear in real life, like it had to be like you couldn't wear it on the street. It wasn't like an everyday. Right. You had clothing. to prove yeah. that it was out, outlandish enough to be a costume. You could write it off. I mean, speak for yourself. <laughs> but like this I'm was, wearing that every day. I have no idea what like Swedish tax issues are well, like. Well, I just learned that like Johnny Depp has been writing off his clothes like for fucking <laughs> decades. <laughs> exactly. Dolly Parton, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be a Capricorn thing to do. Clever. Just to figure that Very out. Very clever. But basically you can write it all off and it's tax accessible. So their costumes were just like so silly and like yeah. didn't necessarily even always go together, which I thought was always super yeah, funny. Yeah, like with, within the group, right? Like the yeah. way that they, they made no sense. The way that they actually bought their costumes was as if each individual person just went out and bought costume yeah for themselves and here's that, a stipend a stipend okay i will buy costumey outfits and then they would just like decide to wear them yeah like it wasn't they, like kiss it, it was like sometimes it was kiss and sometimes it wasn't yeah sometimes they had like matching outfits on and sometimes they just were straight up wearing like caricature versions of what outfit they would have worn yeah which i think is just like so funny so as i as stated before as i stated before they took inspiration from folk music from around the world and put a pop spin on it to create a sound that was unique and timeless. Mm-hmm. And they were also able to absorb and assimilate trends without losing their identity, giving them that recognizable ABBA sound. Yeah. So, oh, OK, the Beatles are doing this. Oh, OK, this is going on. Like, we, I get what the trend is. I'm going to show you that trend. But ultimately, like, this is really who we are. And it it, it really is so uniquely ABBA. Uh-huh. Like, nothing really is too influenced from one thing or another. Like, you they can't tell when you listen their, to it. Like, right. I, when, you, when you listen to their body of work, like, I can't really tell, like, what comes from what. Right. Except for their, like... The Spanish stuff. Chiquitita, yeah. tell me what's wrong. <laughs> Chiquitita is one of the most singable songs. We always and like, say chicken tikka. Chicken tikka, yeah. yeah. It just well, that's what I thought it was when I was chicken tikka. I thought it was like chicken tikka. No, yes, I love that. It's also, always, wait, also worth noting. Um, what were you gonna say? I wanted to say something else about their costume too. Mm-hmm. Like, I think in the. I guess maybe starting in the 70s or 80s. Like, yeah, there started to be this like emphasis on like masculinity. Yeah. More so. Mm-hmm. Um, and like 
the kind of cool rocker style was like dying out. Yes. And, like, these androgynous outfits that men would wear, like rock oh, stars. Oh, they were wearing would wear. like heels and yeah, platforms. Like that and like kind glitter. of went away for a little bit. And then like it is coming back now, but like yeah. it's funny how that stuff like happens in waves. I like know. the stuff that like Lil Nas X wears, like everyone's like all shook by it. Like, I did mean, you guys Abba like look at Abba? <laughs> like, so what are you talking true. about? Yeah. Did we forget? Yeah. I mean, we all saw Bowie. Yeah, like, like what's everyone's, like, frame of reference? I like, mean, this NSYNC? even went like, into, like... Look at like, what sync wore. I know. Like, who are we... Like, do you know what I mean? Like, right. what's our fucking frame of reference? Or how about, remember, like, even hair bands that went into the early 90s? Yeah. They were wearing, like, bikinis and yeah. hair. I know. Like, all these, like, quote-unquote macho men, like, what are... Do they just listen to, like... I don't even know. They I, don't, I literally Real can't. men don't listen to music, Elena. They only music listen to tools. <laughs> The, the sound, sound of their of tools, tools and their cars. <laughs> the bum, 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 that's the only sound they can that hear. That May Cooper was yep. really pumping some. <laughs> Music is gay. That's fair. It's gay. it's Pride Month. Let's just like happy Pride. Happy Music Pride. Is Music gay. is gay. So, anyways, also 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 worth also worth noting, ABBA songs are incredibly complicated. Yes, their sound may sound very simple. No, that's not easy. It's very cleverly engineered in both songwriting and in recording. So like we were talking about, lots of wall of sound with layered vocal harmonies happening here with upwards of 40 plus vocals on each track. Damn. And what was it we were talking about Enya last time? She did something like hundreds of yeah, vocals. like 500 like, layers or something crazy. Like that, it makes a difference. It yeah. makes you feel it in your tailbone. You know, like when you like listen to like, you can dance yes. and you just like feel it in your whole body uh-huh. that's clever that's Ugh. really clever recording stuff it's like so cool they use this technique of layering vocals recorded at different speeds to add different textures to the vocals so it sounded like a whole chorus full of people oh, sure. and it's been called a meeting of art and science wow okay abba regular wow. old scientists more like nasa that's also, exactly. I gotta go. There it is. See myself out. <laughs> so they did most of their songwriting and recording in Sweden. Oh, in I, thought, t- I was hoping you would say. What did you think I was going to say? Angel Studios. No, it's no, not Angel Studios. Yeah. Actually, in a tiny cottage on Vigso Island, aka Abba Island. <gasps> it's a small island in Sweden where they all lived. Is this the where Mama Mia Three takes place? <laughs> like. There's got to be something about, like, Kalakari, like, the made-up island of M- Mamma Mia. Like, they had to have that in their mind. That, like, there's, like, this they talked about They talked about it, I think. I mean, I know Benny Bjorn did, but I don't know if Agneta and Ani Fried were involved. Because, they didn't let them. as we know, things, they are not always together. Is that where Midsummer is? It's like, Yes, Midsummer is on ABBA Island. Can you imagine? I would, yeah. <laughs> you can go. I think that, like, you can go and, like, see it. I'm sure there's, like, a museum yeah, or something, right? Yes. There is an ABBA museum, yes. I don't think it's on... It might be. I don't know. I'll comment below. Um, yeah, so they all live there in this tiny cottage where they wrote the song. So Benny and Bjorn would usually, like, write the songs. And then they would get... Um, they would, like, hear the piano and everybody would sort of, like, oh, the piano's playing. So they'd all make their way over to the cottage. <laughs> and then they would, like, spend time just, like, writing absolute bangers. Yeah. Wow. Absolute bangers. It's like friends, but like with music. Exactly. It's exactly like friends. If everyone was Phoebe. <laughs> yes. 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 That yeah. is correct. So Agneta, who is the blonde one, uh-huh. 
Uh, she had a knack for really unique harmonies. That was like one of her like natural strong suits. Uh-huh. So she was sort of like that was kind of like her contribution. Wasn't she like a very successful singer before? They were both she really. Was, wasn't she like the most successful one before they all got together? They they all kind of actually had some success. Yeah. They were all like each in bands. Like she she they were all pretty successful. Yeah. I have to say. Um. But the the girls specifically were like singers. Yeah. And they they're like very good. I mean, no, who sings like that? Yeah. So Agneta had a, a knack for unique harmonies, and that really like kind of gave them the ABBA sound. So like a lot of people. We'll say, oh, Benny and Bjorn, like, did they write everything? So, like, who's ABBA? Like, no, they all added something. Like, they may have written, like, the technical, you know, like, yeah, you know. There's a range Melodies and whatever. These, it was the the combination of the four of them was yeah. what the magic was. Both Frida and Yeta were incredibly talented singers, as I said. For example, Dancing Queen features a two-octave range. Yeah. Which is, like, really unheard of on a pop, especially a pop song. Yeah. Like, it's just a very difficult song uh, to sing. Yeah. So during the band's main active years, it consisted of the four members as two married couples. So Agneta was married to Bjorn and Frida was married to Benny. Yeah. And this is something that we've also seen in bands like Fleetwood Mac. Yep. And then um, recreated again in Ace of Base. And then recreated again in Bijou Candles. <laughs> Elena, Molly, and I are married to yeah. each other. Um, <laughs> So with the increase of their popularity, their personal lives suffered, of course, yeah. which eventually resulted in the collapse of both marriages. The relationship changes were reflected in the group's music with latter compositions featuring darker and more introspective lyrics. Mm-hmm. So during that time period, we get songs like The Winner Takes It All. God. The Winner Takes It All. But like they say... um, that it's not necessarily like about their relationship. Like they never really wrote anything that was like telling their own story. Uh-huh. It was sort of like inspired by the concept of a couple divorcing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah they, they're pretty broad. Right. Like whereas Fleetwood Mac were like, Stevie, you're a bitch. Why'd yeah, you yeah, do yeah. this? Why don't you go fuck other people then? Yeah. Like that's like what their songs were like, very much like about that person. Uh-huh. The way that they did it, and maybe it's like a cultural thing. I don't really know. Like, they didn't really call each other out necessarily like that. It was more of like, let's sing a divorce song now. Yeah, it's and more they're broadly like, yes, relatable. Exactly. And I think the fact that their songs are written like that makes them really good for a musical. That's true. Because they're sort of like not necessarily about. Yeah, like, here's a plot point. It's kind. They're kind of like plot points. Yeah. Exactly. They're like. Perfect for a jukebox. Right. Jukebox musical. So not long after they personally like split apart, the band did disband in 1982. So something I did want to mention when they were like kind of first starting to feel like the pressure of like getting the divorce and stuff like ABBA did like a lot of world tours and they were constantly working. They were constantly recording. And Agneta and... Bjorn had children together so mm-hmm. that when they were leaving to do these things they were leaving their kids behind and Anyata like felt incredibly like heartbroken about this yeah. and just like wanted to be with her kids honestly at this point she uh-huh. was like enough like and it's so funny because it reminds me of I was sick and tired of everything yes. when I called you last like that song like yeah. I feel like is definitely like okay well let's write a song about how a singer misses her family oh, and she just wants to right she never show was the last show um 
So that was like a big part of the tension was just like they had a family that they and she wanted to be with the children. Yeah. And like he wanted to keep do he he's definitely like I get from Bjorn. He's like really is driven. I mean, yeah. Yeah. So and it's I never think stopped. there seems to be like a lot of resentment there because she, Agneta, like even after the band like broke up, she never really would come to she won't travel. She doesn't want to travel. Like, wow. She's like, like, as I a get rule. that. She's like, I I'm not get that. doing she's it. Done. Yeah, she's done. So the only time, like, I think recently that they got back together, it was when they were in Sweden because she would be there because mm-hmm. she was like, just she's just not into it. And I think that, you know, deciding how to raise your children when you're both like doing the same thing, like that could be like a huge source of contention. So yeah. there really was kind of no love lost, I think, at this point. And then, of course, like when they broke up, it was not long after that Ani freed. And Isn't that crazy? They have court, uh, I mean, yeah. yeah, they're in a clock. They're in a crumple. And they did like for a few, a few years, like as divorced couples. And while they, you know, they didn't get divorced at the same time. Like it took a little bit of time. Like mm-hmm. they were like making it work together because they just knew that they had something that was bigger than that. than they were as couples like that. They were creating it something. Abba. It was Abba. <laughs> so did she um, just like when she stopped traveling, she just stayed in Sweden with her kids and like she's been known as like i guess so she's been known as kind of more reclusive even yeah yeah and they did do each do like their own kind of solo careers the girls especially like did more um like recording careers that they had success in and a lot of it was singing in swedish Mm. so they were like more successful in sweden whereas benny and bjorn began writing music for the stage um so their first foray into musical theater you're going to be surprised by this, I feel like. Spring Awakening. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, that's Damn what, Yankees. That's what's his name. I'm barely breathing. And I can't find the air. Duncan Cheek. Duncan Cheek. Um, they collaborated with Tim Rice from Aida fame. Aida. Yeah, Tim Rice is Aida, right? What else is Tim Rice? As if I know. I think he's also. Um, I saw Aida with Tony Braxton. And they had, to, did, they had to lower, had to lower it. By an octave. I love Tony Braxton. Evita, Jesus Christ Superstar, The Lion King. This is Tim Rice. Yeah. So, so he directed these shows? He He's a, like a lyricist, an author. Like he helps like, you know, he like he writes, wrote the music? Yes. Okay. Helps with that. Yeah. So they got together with um, him and they wrote the musical Chess, which I'm sure you've never heard of. Uh, Jocelyn. <laughs> I, it, you know what else is infinite? The world of musical theater. It's space on earth. It is endless. It goes forward and backwards. It's infinite. I cannot. Every day I learn a new musical. Wait, what like, was the thing recently that we were so just talking about? We were with our friend John came in from the city. Yes. And these two start talking about, um, they start throwing these names. I'm not even going to tell you what it is. So I want you to recall it from your perspective. Okay. So yeah. That, uh, Let me just. Yeah. They start like ping ponging these two names back and forth to each other. And they're like, they're talking about like um, this show that was called like the wild party. And they're like, ah, you know, they did this reading of the wild party. And then Jocelyn or John was like, was it the Lacusa version or was it the Lipa version? And I was like, what the fuck are you guys talking about? Like, I'm so impressed that you remembered all those names. You know why? Why? Mnemonic devices. What did you do? Dua Lipa. <laughs> du- the Dua Lipa version? <laughs> yes. Or the 
Lacusa, because I I took like a mental picture of like the L A C when I looked it up. And um, obviously, there's no plot to this show. But like this whole face off between these two iterations of this show. Oh, yeah. Happened in the 90s. Well, it was just so and, like, funny. I felt like I was from outer space. No, this it was whole so time. funny because it was just brought up quickly. He's like, oh, yeah, they did a reading of the wild party. And that was like, like Lacusa or Lippa. And he was like Lippa. And Elena goes, what in God's name are you two talking Like It was about? like they were speaking like, it was Swedish. A foreign language. Like I had no fucking idea what they were talking about. And then John about. proceeds to say to you. It was a, a musical that two different people wrote based on the same beat poem. Yeah. Oh, my God. Poem. Yes. He was like, he stands up and he goes, well, it's based on a beat poem. And I punched him in the face. And I was like, this is a Mad Lib. Like, excuse me? It is that funny to me because this is what the musical theater like world is, is like. It, it that is like almost a joke. Like it's two like, people yeah. at the same time wrote a musical based on a poem, a beat poem. Yes, from like, the twenties, and it came out. I forget. Oh, now you're gonna ask me stuff. But I like, have, yeah, I don't so remember. these two, these two fellows in the same year, yeah. decided to write a version of this beat poem. Yeah, it was a 1928 poem of the same name, and then yep. one of them was like. At the Met, the Metropolitan Theater, or something. Yeah, like, they no, they coincidentally made their um off Broadway debuts during the same season as the Broadway production. Right, so, the, so it was like, it was two, like yeah, it was like was the like, uptown and the yes, downtown, and they were at the same exact time. It is just and, and like freaking Adina com- Menzel was in one of them. Yeah, no, they're completely different from each other. Like completely different musicals that just so happen to have the same inspiration, and they were named the same thing, and, and they and came the same out the same time, time in nineteen ninety seven. Yeah. I mean, why is that what not a Ryan Murphy sh- show? That's what I was saying. It's it's going to be the next feud. I mean. Lacusa and Lippa. Imagine, just like, I don't even know if there even was a feud. I'm sure there had to be. There had to how be. How could you not have been like, the how ego's is that involved. Andrew Lippa? I'm sure, it's, I think it's Andrew Lippa. Andrew not, Lloyd Lippa? How do you know he, how, he must <laughs> Come have. Come on, Andrew Lloyd Lippa. <laughs> he must have been like, you got to be fucking kidding me. Yeah, with these fucking drama queens do with their egos, are you kidding me? Do you think that it's possible that they both came up with the idea or like do you think that there was like oh they're doing it this well, I've always wanted to do it based on that like do you think you that know there's what? like it's, a like I said before it's like Juliet and Kelsey's bikini line <laughs> it's the same thing from Siesta, Siesta Key. Key it's the same thing oh my god if you guys are watching Siesta Key comment below um, um, but yeah we I, absolutely are that, it, it is just absolutely wild so um I was just okay, gonna so there's re- this other yes, show called Chess. Chess. Let, do you want me to read to you the, the plot? <clears throat> there's a plot. Yes. One knight has a rook to his right. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Starring Nathan Lane no. and B.B. Newworth. <laughs> that sounds good. I know, it does. <laughs> okay, so the story involves a politically driven Cold War era chess tournament between two grandmasters, one American and the other Soviet Russian, and their fight over a woman who manages one and falls in love with the other. Wow. The Queen's Gambit. Although the protagonists were not intended to represent any real individuals, the character of the American grandmaster, named Freddie Trumper in the stage version, was loosely based on Bobby Fischer. 
While the elements of the story may have been inspired by the chess careers of Russian grandmasters Viktor Korchnoi and Anatoly Karpov. I mean, once again, like in one ear, out the other, like it's just what are these, basically what are these songs like a love? It's like a love story, you know, a triangle. One move at a time. Yeah, is the, that's the fucking byline. Yep. Not the byline, the, the subtitle. Yep. Mm hmm. And well, anyways, people really loved chess, but that was because it was basically ABBA songs. So, like, what's the music like? Have you heard it? I can't re- recall it to you right now, but there's like a really good I one. I was sick and tired of all the pieces <laughs> on the chessboard not being in their place. I wish all I, I do is play chess and sing about chess. <laughs> Wishing every chess was the last chess. Um, no, but there is like a, a famous song where it's like two women singing together. Is and it it's Dancing like Queen? Obviously, like very Abba like. Is, is Dancing Queen it. about chess? Yeah, it is. It's about the queen. That's wow. right. Mm-hmm. You learn something new. Look all these rooks. <laughs> <laughs> give me, give like, me, give me some rooks after midnight. midnight. No, some nights after yeah. night, night, night. <laughs> um, so this is clearly, if you are familiar with musical theater, the 90s, because like I feel like in like the late 80s and early 90s, like new musicals were just fucking out of their minds. Yeah. That's all I'm going to say about that. Um, there was something in the water. I don't know why. You know why? Now I know why. I answer my own question. What? I was like, the 1990s had like this huge ABBA resurgence, and it was probably because of um, Ace, Ace of Base and that. So the 1990s, there's sort of like this resurgence of ABBA's popularity. And like because of Ace of it Base? It probably is. Like, think about all these like 90s. That's true. Like, Living in a happy nation. I don't imagine it's from the musical chess, but it could be. <laughs> imagine the cultural impact of chess. If <laughs> ch- the ripple in time is like chess happened, so Dynamo's collection could happen in 2021. That's fucking true. Yeah. Wow. The, butter- the butterfly effect. Don't butterfly affect me tonight, Ashton. I can't. Okay, so there's this resurgence, and Benny and Bjorn, Benny Bjorn, Benny and Bjorn are like, let's make a musical with. ABBA songs. Duh. And I said, yes. Did they have to ask ask the ladies for permission? I'm sure they did. It was all copacetic because, I mean, at the end of the day, they're going to get a paycheck from it. Do you know what that is? That's like taking a step back and realizing that, like, you've already done all the work. You've already you've already written the content. Just repurpose it. Repurpose it. It's good. It's yeah. still good. And they couldn't have done it any better. They did a great job. Mm. With the help of writer Katherine Johnson, they took on the task of weaving a story around ABBA songs that wasn't ABBA's story, because we know that that's not really how they did things anyway. Yeah. They decided not to change up the original songs too much because they thought people would want to hear them how they remembered them. Uh-huh. And boy, were they right. Like, we I, don't like, want to so hear that. I'm so upset that I never saw it. I know. It's like one of my most devastating things about I my know. life. For some reason, I mean, I'm like even more embarrassing because I like went to school of musical theater. I did not catch the stage show. And it's really because I just, when it was playing, like, I don't think I ever had the money to get a ticket. That's like honestly why I haven't seen shows <laughs> they're because so they're pricey. so expensive. Yeah, it's expensive. And you, you saved up all your money for chess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the game. <laughs> so they had imagined it to be like a small show playing to like, you know, a, a modest 800 audience. Mm-hmm. But in 1999, when it opened, it opened to audiences great year. twice that size. So, wow. They were like, like on Broadway. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It opened. It then opened on Broadway and in 40 other countries. 
Whoa. And it has been seen by over 60 million people. It's so gro- it's grossed over $2 billion. <laughs> it's incredibly successful. So Pe- would you even call it a Broadway show or do they like, was yeah. it, does it, does it originate on Broadway? They is my question. Or do they just like have a show that like everyone, a bunch of people did? They started it first in the West End. Then they did mm. like the U.S. Broadway National Tour. Then they did, well, I guess it would have been the, the U.S. tour. And then because in 2001 was when they did the Broadway. Okay. And then they did a North American tour, U.K. tour, another U.K. tour. Like, it then just kept, like, you know, going, yeah. going, 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 going. So many iterations of it. But it opened in the West End. And, like, I have to say, the while ABBA's success is worldwide, the heart and soul of their fan base is U.K. Really? They're all, they're like yeah, number makes, one yeah. movie of all time opening Mamma Mia. Number yeah. two, Mamma Mia. That makes like, sense. It's like, it is like very British humor. It is. And I think that's why you, we really like it. Yeah, it is kind There's of like. There's like a brittiness to ab- it. There's ab- ab- to it. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Like it is, the humor in it is like kind of adult. Yeah. When you actually like take a step back and look I at mean, it. There's like a lot of drinking jokes. There's I mean, a lot of think sex about jokes, the, the like, premise of it. I'm going to tell you guys a synopsis in a second, but I mean, it's very adult. You know, yeah. it's like it's, America doesn't like like that kind of stuff as much as the Brits, I don't think. Yeah, it would have had to been like frozen or something. Yeah, exactly. Oh, my God. So the reason that this show is so fun is like on you go to a Broadway show. Everyone's very serious. Everyone like watching it. Like mm-hmm. people literally get up and dance in the aisles yeah, and, like, and they're sing along. singing along. Like th- there was a story. Who was it? I was what, one of the documentaries. Oh, I think it was Donny Osmond was talking about <laughs> how he went. He went to see it. He actually, I'll tell you about more about this later, but he was almost in the movies. Um, he loves, he loves ABBA and he loves all of it. Um, but he was like, he was seeing it on Broadway and on the aisle directly across from him was sitting Colin Powell. No and way. It was during the time, like when Colin Powell was, you know, in office. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like a very serious person. Right. Politician. And he looks over at him during Dancing Queen and the man is up and dancing. That's incredible. So, like, just to give you an idea of, like, this is, it is the type of music, the joy. We all joy, have the bug. It just, we all, it just gets us in our human guts. Yeah. You know, like, that video of that, um, on TikTok? Which one? It's, like, some son who, like, plays Dancing Queen for his mom. Oh, my God. Unexpectedly. Yes. And, like, her reaction And she just, like, she, she screams. She goes from zero to a thousand. Yeah. It is. It just, like, makes you feel that good. Yeah. So naturally, they follow the success of the musical with a movie version and then, better yet, a movie sequel. You know what's so great is that, like, Meryl Streep did the movie. Oh, yeah. I love that. Oh, yeah. Wait, there's... She almost didn't, though. Stay tuned. The film of the same name was released in 2008. So Mamma Mia came out in 2008 and it became the highest grossing film in the United Kingdom that year. That's so great. the sequel, Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again... Mm -hmm. Can you believe that they had that there for that? That's fucking so good. Here we go again. That came out in 2018. It's just, and I love both of the movies. Wait, when did it come out? 2018? Just recent. Wow. Yeah. 10 years later, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm going to, let me tell you the synopsis of the first one. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Synopsis of Mamma Mia. Donna Sheridan, an independent hotelier on the fictional Greek island of Kalokari, is preparing for her daughter's wedding. Her 20-year-old daughter. 
with the help of her two best friends and former Dynamo's bandmates, wisecracking author Rosie Mulligan and wealthy multiple divorcee Tanya Chesum Lee. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, Sophie, the spirited bride, has a plan. She secretly invites three men from her mother's past in hope of meeting her real father and having him escort her down the aisle on her big day. Like, this is crazy. They are the men with whom her mother's diary reveals she had sex with during the 25-day period coincident with Sophie's conception. They are Irish-American architect Sam Carmichael, Swedish adventurer and writer Bill Anderson, and British banker Harry Bright. She believes that after she spends time with them, she'll know which one is her father. (laughs) They they just like came up with that story. It's so ben good. Ben did. It's so good. It's great. They didn't have to go that hard. I remember like before I kind of like understood what it was, like hearing the plot of this and just going, I'm so sorry, what? Yeah. Like that's preposterous. And then I remember being like, so which one is the father? And they're like, no. You yeah. That's you're not understanding. Right. They all are. <laughs> What you're not getting here is that that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You don't care. (laughs) It doesn't. You don't even care. No, I couldn't care less. Who's what? Yeah. What's happening? The winner takes it all. I mean, Tanya and Rosie are the father. That's right. That's correct. And then Mama Mia has, I think, my favorite scene in any movie of all time. Oh, the it's so funny. Which is when it's just this little scene where Rosie is on this like little like boat, this paddle boat. Yeah. And she stands up. And just like it's loses her water. balance yeah. and just falls into the water. Just falls into the water. It's one of the best like acts of physical yeah. comedy I've ever seen. Julie Walters is just. Can you believe? So funny. Um, Fucking- okay, wait, let me tell you the synopsis of Mamma Mia. Here we go again. So you kind of have the full picture Thank of you, the yeah. world of Calicari. I, yeah, I want to hear them explain it to me. Um, yes. In 1979, young Donna, Tanya, and Rosie graduate from Oxford University, and they do a smashing rendition of When I Kiss the Teacher. Yeah, they do. Leaving Donna free to embark on a series of adventures throughout Europe. On her journeys, she meets the acquaintances of Harry, Bill, and Sam, the latter whom she falls in love with. But he's also the man that breaks her heart. Mm -hmm. In the present day, Donna's pregnant daughter, Sophie, dreams of renovating a taverna while reuniting with her mother's old friends and boyfriends on the Greek island of Kalokari. And we sadly find out that... Donna has passed away in between the first and second movies. Uh-huh. So Sophie sort of left to take over the reins at the Hotel Belladonna. Mm-hmm. And it's just so cool to get to. I love I love Mamma Mia, too, because it's a back in time. Yeah, with like characters those. in the front. And they, I love watching the casting of like the old and the young, too. I love I know. that. And it's like I also really like it, too, because that's the time like of ABBA. Yeah. And it just like feels so right. They did such a good cast job casting it, they, too. It's just you guys, it could not have been more perfect. I'm actually going to read you just like some fun facts from the Mamma Mia world, because I feel like. It helps you kind of like all these questions you'd be having. Like, imagine if it wasn't this person. Imagine it almost wasn't. Uh-huh. So here's some tidbits. Pierce Brosnan had no idea what Mamma Mia was when he signed up. Like he had, didn't even know it was like a musical. Uh-huh. He literally just said yes to it because they told him it was being filmed in Greece <laughs> and that Meryl Streep was starring. And he said he signed up straight away because it involved Meryl. Like and he de- same. He described her as the gorgeous blonde I fancied terribly in drama school. 
Did they go to drama school together? I guess so. That's I don't unless he's, I mean they would make a stunning couple. Let's it's it's not that complicated. You know what's so funny about both of them Get though? Long term partners. Yeah. Long term non actor partners, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Sorry, I just had to take a sip of water. <laughs> I was getting punched. Um yeah, like they just Hugh just said yes. They they're like, Can you sing? He's like, Whatever. Like, yeah, he we'll was sing. like, Yes. Yeah. He he talks his way through that movie. He does. He talks things yeah. his way through it. Um, as far as Donna, both Olivia Newton-John and Michelle <gasps> Pfeiffer from Grease 1 and Grease 2 fame were considered to play the role of Donna. Oh, mm-hmm. my God. The Greases? Yeah. Grease 2, by the way. I Yeah, I know. Grease 2 was not good. I'm just going to say that one definitively. It's just like I don't like it. I, the first Do you one, like Grease 1? You know, like, in, like yes. Like, Here's a hot this, take. Grease 1 is bad. Yeah, I mean, it's not good, <laughs> but it's just like it's Grease. You know what I mean? And like. Sure. John Travolta, like, oh, my God, wasn't he so gorgeous, though? He was gorgeous for, like, two years. Yep. And then the Scientology ate him. Right. But those two years, wow. Yeah. They were really good. Um, Meanwhile, Mandy Moore, Amanda Bynes, Rachel McAdams, and Emmy Rossum were also in the running to play Sophie. It ultimately went to Amanda Seyfried. Wait, okay. Seyfried? Seyfried. Seyfried? Um, (laughs) I'm honestly fine with any of those. Really? Sophie's a throw. I don't. I don't like particularly love Amanda Seyfried in it. Hmm. I um, I do like her in it though because I just I like to look at her face. Yeah, you do. I'm mm-hmm. not like mad about her being in it, but like I'm not married to it. Do you know what something is really interesting about her singing style? She has this very fast, like trilly vibrato. Yeah, she's that a I, super soprano voice, right? Hey, pass me my. Yeah, it just sounds like that to me, and but honestly, it doesn't bother me. I still like like it. Yeah, like Mandy Moore actually no. Big no on Mandy Moore. Amanda Bynes? Like, mm, I... I got a lifetime of knowledge. Hey there, pretty lady. Yeah. <laughs> like, I love me some Bynes, but not for this. And Rachel McAdams, no, no, no. no. I'm um, actually, like, happy with who it went to. Oh, I went and to then elementary school with Emmy Rawson. For the father Fun role. Fact. Oh, you did. That's yeah. right. Is her name Emmanuel? Yeah. It's a very long name. No, it wasn't elementary school. It was, like, one grade. But, you know. Yeah. You're basically famous. I am. <laughs> I'm the Phantom. <laughs> so for the father roles, Bill Nye almost played one of them. The science guy? You know Bill Nye? Nye. The guy from Love Actually? Yeah. I feel it in my it's fingers. That guy, right? Yes. He feels old. He Well, he didn't get the part. So. No. And then Donny Osmond um, wanted to play Sam. but Thank it went God to, he didn't. It went to Pierce Brosnan. Jesus. I, I know. Like a, a fucking raisinette playing Sam. <laughs> <laughs> The California Raisin. Why are you calling him a California Raisin? Because Donny Osmond looks like a California Raisin. <laughs> what? You, like like an actual raisin? Have you seen the California Raisins? Yes. I always thought they were kind of racist looking. Really? Aren't they like, isn't it like an actual band? And like, I just thought like. They're just like raisins with sunglasses on. I gotta Google it. I'm Googling it now. With like big teeth. Like that looks like Donny Osmond. <laughs> With like his teeth. I okay. I get how this could be racist. This is racist. Yeah, though. like it is. It's I pretty wouldn't racist. Wouldn't put anything past anything being racist. So, um, well, the thing is, he didn't get the part. So, that the way that I feel about the <laughs> casting of this show, it is such a perfect balance it's of perfect. it's per, it's as if the reason the Big Bang happened was so that every single mm-hmm. thing could fall into place so that this could happen. It's the Lacusa Lippa of <laughs> movies. 
<laughs> like just like what are the for, chances what of are us the, getting this? What are all the at chances? Once? Here we go again. But like, I really like too that all the three guys are not American. Yes, I find that more believable. Yes, and that's ultimately why it happened the way it happened. Yeah, and then like in Mama Me too. Also, she talks about like her strained relationship with her mom. We get well, to like, learn more. Speaking about that. of, Cher mm-hmm. was initially offered the role of Tanya. <gasps> But she couldn't do it because she and this shares like a big fan. Yeah. So she really I mean, wanted, she like did an album. Oh, yeah. She's a big fan. But she had to decline due to a concert tour commitment. Oh, so thankfully, she later signed on to star in the sequel, playing the character Ruby, who is Donna's mom. Yeah. Even though she's like four years older. So hilariously, Meryl is only three years younger than Cher. Sherilyn. Cher. And I guess like it's kind of a what you call it? A reunion from Silkwood. Silkwood reunion. They're actually like very they're like friends. They're friends. Bye, I'm and, friends uh, with Cher. Bye, I'm friends with Meryl Streep. Yeah. Wow, what a friendship. Yep. I would just sit around just to take a whiff of that Can you friendship. believe? I know. It's the, when the Cher, power. Can we just talk about the when The energy Cher, source of the two of them together. Oh, it's too much. We don't need windmills. How about when Cher comes out from the helicopter at the Ugh. end of Here We Go Again? And then sees Fernando? I've never... Oh, and you know that the lore is that Fernando is maybe Donna's father? Because he's like an, a long lost the love. Winner takes it all. Yeah. <laughs> yep, that makes sense. The, and that's the whole thing is like you have to suspend your like that's preposterous. It's not. No. Because this is a place, it's like, you know, like on the Lost Island. Wow, I'm going to Lost. I'm going to Lost uh-huh. for this. And at the end, it's sort of like, oh, they're all in the afterlife together, maybe. Yeah. And they all recognize each other. Like, yeah. Mama Mia, like that island, is a heaven of sorts where the totally. souls go to meet each other again. Yeah, it's even like at the end in Super Trooper when like the old versions with the young version. Yeah, it's and very it's just, much like, so... like I think everyone's just dead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this is heaven. Yes. These this is a manifestation of like soul journeys. Like, how about the part where literally they're standing on like the banks of the island and every just when everything is gonna be terrible, this boat fleet of boats oh. like a Deus Ex Machina oh my comes God. to fix the, the whole movie and everybody in the world is on this boat singing Dancing yeah. Queen. It's literally the the opposite of Game of Thrones. It's yes. You know what I'm talking yes. about? Like that scene, the battle of the... The battle of the whatevers. Yes. You know, season three. You know yeah. what I'm talking about? Yes, I do. That it, It's like the opposite of that. Like you just hear like... Oh my God. And I could cry. And they're like, she's like, Harry? I could just cry. Um, You do. I cry without fail every single time at the end of Mamma Mia Oh, Jesus. Two. Are you going to cry talking about it? When? Do you want me to tell? Yeah. It's when Meryl Streep comes, her ghost comes back. Yes. For the baby. Yes, for the baptism. And she like sings at the baptism. I can't handle it. My love. They, they sing my, my, my love, my life. And, and I, oh yeah. Which I just, <laughs> she's bare. Meryl is literally only in the movie for like that. And then like the final credits. Yeah. So basically it's like they walk up to the little church where, um, uh, Donna. <laughs> had Sophie baptized and then Sophie is then baptizing her baby and then the ghost of Meryl is there (laughs) to sing my love my life and it's just so lovely you can just cry at anything Meryl Streep does I just think that her acting is so good she's so good you guys I don't know how Meryl Streep does it um, so actually my next little bit that I wanted to talk about thank you thank you for the tissues um (laughs) 
So the winner takes it all is like a very hard song to sing. Yeah. And like in the Broadway version, like the person who traditionally played Donna had to have like some real good belting. That's chops. like a belting song. Right? Yes. Um, so, of course, they're like, Can, is Meryl going to do this or whatever? So she really impressed Benny. Like when they were recording it, she did it in one take. Oh, my God. Celine Dion. And you know what? Else? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> and you, uh, she also, during the filming of Mamma Mia 1, insisted on singing almost all of her stuff live. Mm. So in the movie... Eat that in half like, She was dr- singing. She was drinking? She was <laughs> singing all of it. You know, like, every time I um, see that song now, I'm just gonna be like, one take. She didn't one take. One take. Oh, and another thing about The Winner Takes It All, which is, like, the song where she really has to show her guts. Yeah. When they were filming it, it was super duper like windy. Yes. And they were like, how are we going to hear her? You bitch, you heard every note. She's magic. She was she so tired. magical. How did she not get an Oscar for this? And a Grammy. I know. It, it's like, uh, she's giving it to you. Yeah. Oh, my God. I know. Do you know what I love about um, Mamma Mia's, too? What? Like, all the dancers that they get in the, like, the extra dancers, they all look like they're, like, from that island in Greece. Okay, so that's actually another thing on here. One of the undercurrents of the films is that it is a structure as, like, a Greek comedy, Mm -hmm. like, Aristophanes Symposium or whatever. Uh Uh-huh. So... Like, having the chorus, like, the common people. Yeah. Like, the people that are, like, they're part of the story and, like, such a big... It's not, like... I don't want to call it, like, the set, but typically they would be on stage almost the whole time, like, helping to narrate. And Uh so, like, it's it's an homage to that. Oh, cool. And, like, that makes sense, like, why they're in Greece, because they're using, like, this, like, you know, device to, like, tell a a story. Yeah. A Greek device. Baklava. So something about Meryl, it's crazy that it was even in the talks to have it be anybody but her because she's actually a big Mamma Mia head. (laughs) (laughs) She saw the stage production in October 2001. Just going to let you guys do the math. mm. She loved it so much that she. That's the only thing that will cure it, honestly. Yes. She wrote to the producers to praise them for bringing a little happiness and fun to the lives of New York after 9-11. It was like a month after. And And so she she was like, it meant so much to her. Wow. So the fact that she got to then be Donna is just like poetic. She's so Donna. So this is something I read that answers the question, who is the the dad? Uh Uh-huh. And I don't know if it's 100% or not, so just take it with a grain. The film never reveals for certain who's Sophie's dad. Her yeah. real, you know, paternal father. But the Mamma Mia writer Katherine Johnson and the film's director Felita Lloyd, who also directed the musical, like, of, co- like, of course. Oh, cool. Yes. Um, they know for sure. And according to them, Bill Anderson, played by Stellan Skarsgård, no. is Sophie's real dad. And this makes a lot of sense because of, like, the connection to Sweden. So, like, it's sort of like their, like, little. Wow. wow. And when I mean, you they made think it up so they could be whoever they wanted yeah, to be. Yeah, but when you think about it, like, she looks a lot like young Bill. She does. So, wow. I mean, there's the the potential answer. Holy shit. So, like, that she meets Bill first, right? Mm-hmm. So, that whole time she was with Sam, she was pregnant, like, possibly. Definitely. Yeah. Or does she see Bill again? Oh, yes, he comes back yeah. after. Yes, that's right. What do you Molly want? thinks the dad is Harry, but I don't think so. Molly. She's been a little noticeably not talking in the last couple of podcasts, but this time she's really t- trying to talk. Yeah. 
I had some more like ABBA little tidbits too I wanted to end on because I feel like ultimately while we love Mamma Mia and all that, we got to bring it back to the fabulous four incredible Swedes that made this possible. Yeah. So I just want to give you guys a little bit more 411 on some of the high points. So for the lyrics from Waterloo, Uh (laughs) they said... We knew if we had any chance of winning the competition, we had to write a song about a major London rail terminal, <laughs> recalls Bjorn Ulvaeus. That is so funny. <laughs> so we had a go with everything. St. Pacras, King's Cross, Euston, London Bridge, Paddington, even Fenchurch Street. But try as we might, we couldn't make any of them rhyme with couldn't escape if I wanted to. I'm, then- I'm assuming that... Eurovision was in the UK this year. I, I'm not sure if this is like a joke or not, but listen. Okay, sorry. He said, then with only three minutes before we we took to the stage, suddenly someone came into our dressing room, brandishing a ticket and said, hey, Bjorn, do you want to go to Waterloo? And at that moment, we all knew our prayers had been answered. Like, so this he's is like a silly goose. He's a silly he? goose. Like, it's a silly goose story. Yeah. Yeah. This wow. is so funny. What a troll he is. I know, right? I mean, like, they're funny. Yeah. Like, everything is like with a, like, a little bit of tongue in cheek. Right. Uh, ABBA is one of the best-selling music artists of all times with record sales estimated between the 150 and 385 million sold worldwide. Damn. In 2012, ABBA was ranked eighth best-selling singles artist in the United Kingdom with 11.2 million singles sold. ABBA were wow. the first group from a non-English speaking country to achieve con- consistent success in the charts of English speaking countries, including United States, United Kingdom, Republic of Ireland, Canada, Australia, New Zealand, the Philippines and South Africa. Nice. They are the best selling Swedish band of all time and one of the best selling bands originating in continental Europe. Damn. Uh, I mentioned this before, but they had eight consecutive number one albums in the UK. They were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2010. In 2015, their song Dancing Queen was inducted into the Recording Academy's Grammy Hall of Fame. Because, I mean, I mean, that song is... Why did it take so long? Perfect song. I don't know. It's like top five best songs it's, of all time. It's just like, any. you could play that song at any time. Yeah. Anywhere. And it's a good song. Yeah. The house is coming down. Before they were known as ABBA, they were known as Festfolk, meaning people. Like, party people. Well, thank God for the name change. <laughs> Fest folk. Uh, they actually had a competition to find a name for the group. And it was held in the Gothenburg newspaper. So, the, these were, like, the final kind of names that they were. Oh, jeez. <laughs> it was Alibaba. Oh, my God. Fab with two Bs. Baba. I guess the Fab was if they were going to do Frida instead of Annie Fried. Okay, yeah. Baba. But in the end, all entries were ignored and it was officially announced that they were going to be ABBA. That was such a good call. And then like they officially like made the design where it was like it was a palindrome. And then they right. also did like a mirror image design. Uh-huh. So it was like really like it got you. It was yes. a logo. It was really smart marketing, actually. Um, fun fact, not everybody is Swedish. Frida was actually born in Norway. Would you look at that? Well, would you look at that? Oh, here's something so funny. Okay, so they had like a huge fan base in the Soviet states, but during the Cold War, currencies behind the Iron Curtain were embargoed, so they couldn't accept rubles if they performed there. Uh-huh. So they instead received Bitcoin. royalty payments <laughs> from the Soviet Union in oil commodities. <laughs> That's fucking so funny. Can you imagine? That is funny. Yep. Do you still, do they still have them, I wonder? Yeah, they that, should like frame that's them something. And, like, it's they're probably worth more than like what they're actually oh, worth yeah it's like crazy 
In 2005, Madonna revealed that she wrote a letter to the members of ABBA begging them to use their music on one of her tracks. She wanted permission to sample, to sample the massive 1979 disco hit. Gimme, 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 gimme a man after midnight for Hung Up. Remember in Hung Up, she yeah. uses it. They did. I'm trying to whistle it. <laughs> no. Now you gotta wet that whistle more. <laughs> Anyways, of course, they gave her permission, as we all know. They were like, yes, Madonna, of course. Yes, <laughs> Madonna. Benny Bjorn. Um, <laughs> ABBA have sold over 300 million albums and singles worldwide. I think it's even more than that now, actually. There was like another number up here that was more Yeah, accurate. I think um, our plays are, are pushing up their numbers. Me alone is 300 yeah. million. I know. Bjorn and Benny are notoriously protective of their catalog. In 1987, they sued British British acid house band the KLF over the unauthorized use of a passage from Dancing Queen. But yeah. like, you think, oh, you think you're going to use Dancing Queen? Yeah. I can't. And it's like Enya and the Fugees. Um, well, what do you know what I'm going to say right now? Almost a decade later, they allowed the Fugees to use a sample from Name of the Game on Rumble That's in the Jungle. <gasps> So the Fuji's are like famously like picking fire samples. So, yep. And then, this is my last little tidbit, 3.5 million people applied for tickets for two dates, two dates to see ABBA at London's Royal Albert Hall. And it was enough people to fill the venue 580 times. When? When was that? It was in 1977. Damn. And um, one other quick thing. Thank you for the music. The songs I'm singing. Thanks for all the joy they're bringing. I mean, it's just, they're just an incredible band that did some absolutely amazing things. And thank God. Thank you. They for, gave us Mamma Mia. Yeah. And I think like, yeah, Molly, she's really worked up about it. I think that like, if you create something that brings joy to so many people, like you've done something like yeah. beyond it totally worthwhile. It's just like pure joy. <laughs> There's no hangover to it. Like nope. it's just like pure serotonin to it your is, brain. There's no downside. There's no downside. Yeah. If you're feeling some type of way, guys, put on Mamma Mia. Yeah. Put on ABBA music. Anytime I'm feeling like a little funky on like a Monday morning, especially, uh-huh. I listen to ABBA and I instantly feel better. It like got us through the winter, I feel like. It we got listened me to ABBA like through the, the whole winter. winter. The yeah. winter of my life. Yeah. The season of winter. Yeah. ABBA can like get you through that. And I just am obsessed with that. Just like the chord progression in Dancing Queen alone. Like, oh. it's so emotional. It's emotional. They have this ability to write on all sides, like, it really gets you in your emotions. The music is, it makes you emotional. The arrangements, the yeah. harmonies. And then you realize they're not writing lyrics in their native language. And it's so good. It like works better. Maybe that's why it's so globally popular because there's something about like how the sentence structures are and like their accents. Like yes. they make them, they make everyone feel like welcome. It's so true. It's almost like an approachable version of speaking English. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, it's like, oh, well, what you were talking about was, like, the Ariana Grande thing. Yeah. 
So Max Martin has like apparently this style of recording where he purposefully makes artists sing in a way where that you can't really tell what they're saying. Yeah. And it just is because it tricks the brain into like repeating it and yes. it like gets it in your head more because it's like nonsense. And like Break Free is a prime example of it. Break Free, he does it so much. Yeah. Like he says, um, now that I become, now that I become who I really are. Yeah. Which is just like, become who I really are. That is like not obviously correct English, but like it makes you think about it. And you just like remember it. Yeah. And then she says, break free. Yeah. In one of the layers and you can hear it and it makes your brain just go, wait a second. That's that sounds different. The whole song is like gibberish. So that's like like it comes from like the Swedish style of like recording. Yeah. I also want to say that Max Martin is a genius. Yes. And he one time said that Britney Spears was a genius. Yes, so that means that she is a genius. Yeah. Exactly. Swedish, like, Sweden has had a lot of impact on popular music. We get Robin. We get Ace of Bass. We literally get the godfathers of pop, which I think are ABBA. Like, it's just... They invented pop music. A hundred percent. In the 70s. Because it was just like... Pop music is something that's just like a little piece of something Mm -hmm. that just makes you feel good and you can't get it out of your head. Like they were the first people to like kind of really do that. Yeah. Like the I mean, song the song sure topics are kind of universal. Like before that, that you would consider pop music, but they just did it in a way that like was this particular with like all the production value. Like that people are about, still like using now. It's like der- people are still Yes, like yeah. think about gimme 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 that yeah. like it's so iconic that it's like and so produced sounding. Yeah. That, like, that was a, a new idea. <laughs> yes. What movie star? Yeah. Like, what does that even mean? It's like, oh, here. I love it. And they have like the best vibrato. Like, they yeah. always hit it. Yeah. God, they're good. God, they're good. I hope that like I did that that justice because you guys there was so much information no, about ABBA to tell you and it's like I could have been telling you each little thing about all these four people's like no. long lives but I just wanted to kind of get to the meat of it which was yeah you know and there's like a ton of documentaries too if you uh, want to watch good, them yes a lot of good how good is like the harmonies in the the chorus of gimme 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 or it's like like it's oh, like yeah. there's like freaking oh, yeah, like, like screaming ah! yeah yeah, that like whole thing. They're like screaming. It's so good. Listen to that with like headphones on. Yeah. It's like a different experience. Because there's like 800 harmonies. Like there's nothing like the two of us nerding out over an ABBA harmony. I know. Like it's so funny. They're just that good yeah, and I that know. interesting. It's really good. I nerd out over a harmony and a great bass line. I love famously good bass lines. Yeah. I feel like a lot of our candles have good bass lines. Yeah. I feel like that's I'm, true. I'm thinking of Kate Bush has like really good bass. Kate line. Bush, uh yeah. Sade, Anya. Oh, yep. You know what I cannot wait to watch? Huh. Couples therapy. Oh my god. For those of you who have not watched on Showtime, there it's on its second season. It just came out. It's the show called Couples Therapy, and it's real couples therapy with this therapist named her name is orna, orna who is just amazing yeah this show is so she's got an abba charm to her what'd you say she's got an abba charm to her yeah she's oh 
Like, the show is so good. It gets so deep. It gets so deep. It's basically different couples each season, and it goes through all their trials and tribulations. Yeah. And it is really fascinating. You learn so much from it. You, uh, it really, like, as a person, yeah. it's a good show to watch. As a person in a relationship, any kind of relationship. Yeah. Just, and like... Any relationship, even with your family. Yeah. It really helps you to, like, be like wait a minute, this is like this, or that reminds uh-huh. me of this. Like, why am I doing that? Like, she, it's all about getting to the root of it. And, and the like, questions that she asks are, like, oh, really good. She's a genius. Yeah. It's so... And then there's, like, little um, scenes where you see her talking to her therapist. Oh, that's, like, the best part. I mean... It's her advisor, so it's, like, not... It, it's right. It's, like... Yeah, but in a way, it is professional like, advisor. It, it's, a, it's a way for her to kind of be like, that made me really upset. And, like, she's, like, you know, gives her tips on yeah. how to approach it. Because, yeah. I mean... It is not easy. No, it must be so heavy. I think. Exhausting. Imagine like a a day of work, how drained you must be. Seriously. She is really in there with these couples that are like, you know, they're going through things that like when I look at it like a layman, I'm like, oh, you guys got to break up. Right. Like every episode, I expect them to like leave and break up. And then she gets them to like work on something and they they get better. Yeah. And they do. And the couples that do the work and the people, it's honestly fascinating it's fascinating it's truly remarkable must watch and you think like you know who you're gonna like or not like and then it, it like it changes yeah. it's really cool because it goes to show you like you should never like judge somebody yeah because you have to hear their story and that's like exactly like what this show kind of like shows you it's people like people are very complicated people people are, people are very complicated people, people are complicated people i'm a genius <laughs> People will be people. But anyways, I've been thinking about this all day because we just started watching it. Oh my God, like I'm obsessed with it. Is there anything worse though when you start a good show on a Sunday night? That no, has like a mini- like a 10 p.m. Yes, and you're like, oh, I could have been binging yeah. this. I got to but- call out of work tomorrow, but my <laughs> wife is next to me and she's my boss. <laughs> I'm your boss? Yeah. Well, you're my boss. Touche. Touche. Um, should we go to couples therapy? Like for funsies? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm just a fan at yeah. this point. I'm like, Orna. Yeah, I'm an Orna head. <laughs> I'm a big Orna head. I'm going to OrnaCon. Yeah. <laughs> Night of a Thousand Ornas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's just amazing and just so beautiful. And yeah, just she's got like, like a, a nondescript accent that you're like, yeah, it's very soothing, from? very yeah. Freudian. I enjoy it very mm. much. Um, so if you're not watching that, please watch that. Yeah. It's on uh, Showtime. It's on Showtime. There's a paywall. There is a paywall. It's another one of those so things you have to get. Sick of but you can sign up for a, a seven day free trial on Prime and then watch and the, just whole binge thing. the whole thing. Yeah, it's very digestible. And then you can also watch what's on Z Ways on there, which is really oh, good. Yeah, Z Ways funny. What else have we been watching on there? We watched Black Monday. Oh yeah, that's yeah. really funny. It was funny. Those we, are the I same. mean, we like love David Cast. Yeah, it's like we love the happy, happy endings. endings. If you haven't watched Happy Endings, that's worth it. Happy Endings has some of the funniest like lines in any show ever. Some I, uh, Molly's chugging water. Molly is chowsing water right now. We should just get her some uh, squeeze-its to, oh to not disturb God, us. Squeeze-its. I'll never be the same. Tippy taps. Um, I was going to say, I was going to talk about the next thing I want to talk about, but I decided I'm actually going to make it my icon of the week. Okay, so do you want to say what it is? Yes, my icon of the week is Kathy Hilton <laughs> in The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Yeah. The be- the Housewives franchise has not seen the likes of Kathy Hilton. No. If you, you yes, Molly, I know. If you haven't seen it, it's worth even just jumping into the series now because 
She's so funny. Like, she's instantly doing, like, pranks on people. Yeah. And, like, really harmless pranks that are just funny. Like, she was pretending to chug martinis and it was like really wigging people out and yeah. it, she was just like ordering waters and she had like done like a double deal with the waitress where she was like just keep bringing the like she's just she's pure comedy a hilarious character that we have not seen no before. the likes of which have never she's like fucking mr magoo yes it is it's like she's sharing a bed with so kyle richards is her sister and they're sharing a bed on this like trip in tahoe that they're all on and is it tahoe yeah. Tahoe. Um, and like Kathy's like up all night drinking like Red Bull and eating chips. She doesn't know it's Red Bull. She she's like, know, what is she doesn't like, know you're drinking a Red, a Red Bull? And she's like, what is that? She goes, I thought it was just like a soft drink. Yeah. I'm sorry, a what? A soft yeah. drink? It's like Encino Man. Incredible. Yes, it is. But and like, like, yeah, she's but got like a middle-aged woman who's, on her a, shirt yeah, who's out of touch because she's a billionaire. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, she's like didn't go she didn't wake up she didn't go and do the activity she was no. like leave me alone i'm sleeping and she sleeps till like two and then they all get back from whatever activity they're doing and she's like laughing and she's like i accidentally put eardrops in my eyes yeah. <laughs> and she's dead serious and i'm just like you have eardrops was my number what? one question right is she a shih tzu <laughs> it's just she's just so funny and her level of just like befuddlement yeah it's very paris and she is it's that's what it is it gives me like troll paris vibes like when when she's being like in on the joke yeah for those of you who don't know like paris is one of my favorite celebrities of all time she's so funny i think she is so funny and it it really solidified it for me when i saw her documentary that she came out with yes because it just like which is great you guys should watch it it just like made everything make a lot more sense and like reveal a lot of stuff about her that is you know super telling and whatever yeah um and i just like have to support other size 11 women size 12 women oh a paris hilton 12 couple of yeah yeah couple of tall girl feet in solidarity yeah um give it a high a high a size 11 five yeah (laughs) exactly slaps um i just paris hilton is the abba of pop culture Interesting. Wow. Like she invented pop culture. Is that like how Gottmik is the Timothy Chalamet of drag? Yes. Is it Gottmik or is it Aquaria? I, I know I was going to say Aquaria, but then I thought maybe Gottmik might be. Hmm. Comment below. So yeah, like Paris is like one of my favorites. And I think what's so funny about her is that like, I can never tell like how meta she is. Right. I can never tell like if she's that deep on the joke. Like there's a video of her on YouTube where it's like, I think it's an ad for like some sauce, like tomato sauce or something. I have no idea. I don't even know if it's an ad, but it's like her cooking her famous lasagna, which is like what? And then it's so funny. It's so funny, but it's also like, is this funny? Like, I can't tell. No, I think she's funny. I think she's she's like all in funny. Then she's like a genius. No, she is. I really believe so. I think everything that she does is for a reason. Yeah. Like even on the show, the Beverly Hills show, Garcelle was like, I have to tell you, I wasn't like a huge Paris fan. And she's, which is like, why would you even say yeah. that to someone about their child? That's so rude. I know. I just don't get that. Anyways, that's for another conversation. But she was like, I thought she was so rude because she was always on her phone at, at fashion shows. And it'd be like, why don't you just like not even be here then? Yeah. And Kathy was like, well, do you know what she was doing is she's like actually really shy. Yeah. And she would use her phone as a prop and she wasn't even looking at anything. Yeah, yeah. She just like was shy and like uncom- had social anxiety. Yeah. And then I was like, I never would have thought of that. And it's like, really? 
Say, like same of course she did yeah. like I think it's so everything she does has like a reason like she uses that baby voice because right. it's like if you can't get too close to her and you're she's doing a character that like you know protects her in a way yeah but, but yeah. like it wears the line because like for this cookie thing I'm like okay w- there's so many questions like so it's her famous lasagna she's made this before does she actually know how to make or is lasagna? she just like saying it's her famous lasagna that's that's my question that yeah. like these I think are the it's questions like a joke. but where does the joke begin and end like that's the thing i think it's like a little bit of both like you know how like julia child had like a shtick like in her cooking show and i'm uh-huh. only i'm only making this parallel because it's like cooking like she's self she's like a, a like a disaster like that was kind of the thing about julia child she was relatable because she would like be like whoopsie doopsie right, right but like she knows what she's doing too and it works and so she just it keeps doing it but that's the thing like in the paris video like yeah. she does not it's not working like you guys this like video she, like, for example so she's funny. wearing fingerless gloves making this lasagna she wears fingerless gloves the whole time she like doesn't know what to do with anything well she, it's like, not her kitchen which is so funny yeah, for right. some reason it's not her kitchen and she has no idea where anything is yeah. And honestly, it makes it. Yeah. What a recipe, pardon the pun, for a hilarious thing. Anyways, yeah. it's like so funny. But And Kathy has that same ex- energy. Exactly. Big, big Kathy. Wow. Little Kathy. They've been, yeah, she's little Kathy. Little Kathy. Wow, so many Kathys. And she's just like, Doogie. Oh, yeah. They call, she calls Kyle Richards Doogie like inexplicably. Yeah. Just for no reason. So funny. Just the Doogie. Okay, so wait, what's your uh, icon of the week? Okay, so. My icon of the week is Sam Sparrow. And for those of you who have never heard of Sam Sparrow, he is the singer from Australia. And like we listen to him sometimes. He has some stuff like in the in like 2008. In like the nines. 10s. Yeah. yeah. There was that song Black and Gold. Yeah. That was he's like, like he's like a gay singer. Yeah. And his, he makes gay Club music. music. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, he's like kind of on my radar. And then in the last like week or two, I discovered that he made this album in 2020. Right. That came out in 2020 and it's called Boombox Eternal. And it's like the best album I've ever heard. It's so fucking good. It's a 10 out of 10. He basically like it's like a love letter to music itself. Yes. And like when you listen to it, it just like is an amalgamation of like your favorite 80s and 90s music. Yes. There's a lot of like. It's not like sampling, but like references yeah. to specific songs. And like styles. Yes. And when you hear it, you're like, oh, my God, this reminds me of Bobby Brown. Yeah. Oh, my God, this reminds me of this. Like, it is so referential that it is truly like a love letter to the 80s. Yeah. And it makes it such an enjoyable listen. And you can like listen to it over and over oh, again. Oh, I've been listening to it nonstop. It's just and so especially fun. on my blades. I put on the song Everything. Mm-hmm. It is the perfect blading song. This girl has been blading. <laughs> she has been blading and listening to Sam Sparrow. Yeah. And she just, her birthday is at the end of the month. I'm talking about you like you're not here. Yeah, I'm right here. Um, and you, we got you some aggressive skates. Yeah, So I got she it. could learn how to do tricks. Yeah. And for her birthday this year, since we can't really do like a big party or anything because it's everything's still a little, you know, coming out of the quarantine. She and I got up some private time at a nearby roller rink. So we're going to have our own little roller yeah, rink party together. Like in the middle of the day. In the middle of the day. So I cannot wait to go and do Yeah, that. I'm so excited. And we get to make our own playlist. So that's the best Sam part. Sparrow is going on yeah, there. Yeah, and Xanadu. Definitely Xanadu. Xanadu. And it always comes back to Olivia Newton. It does. John. Xanadu. Dun, 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 dun. Xanadu. Xanadu. 
hits with shame for you That is like the funnest song to sing. Wow. that That's like a karaoke song. Yeah, it is. It's fun. A place. <laughs> no, that's yeah. also based on Greek goddesses and stuff. What Xanadu? Yes. They're oh. all like Greek goddesses. There you go. Guys, this is the collective consciousness. There you go. This is the collective consciousness. We wow. are our outer space. Wow. And on that note. Wait, aren't like the planets and stuff named after Greek gods and shit? Yes. Oh, God. Saturn. Saturn. Venops. <laughs> Boopaber. 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 Bluto. <laughs> Uranops. Excuse me, I'm right here. <laughs> um, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Candle, the Candle Coven, Coven Podcast. Podcast. <laughs> nice. <laughs> that will never happen again. No, it won't. <laughs> and we'll see you guys hopefully next week. Love you all. Love you, Candle Coven. Bye, Candle Coven. Bye. Bye.